0: Everyday triumphs, extraordinary outcomes, a space where narratives connect. This is the Big Idea Box podcast.
1: Born at the Lab Miami, this podcast invites all entrepreneurs to share, support, and empower. As a busy entrepreneur have you ever stopped to wonder exactly how you're feeling your body when you take your lunch break grab a quick breakfast or when having dinner with your friends have you wondered just how connected your diet is with your health mental state happiness and productivity how about taking a step further and thinking about all the time processes individuals and possibly animals involved and affected with every meal you eat food not only is a necessity in human survival but it defines cultures, sparks heated debates and emotions, and drives a trillion-dollar industry. In this episode, we dive deep into the age-old saying, you are what you eat, and take a moment of introspection to see if you're nourishing yourself to best utilize your time, productivity, and overall mental and physical health. Hi everyone! This is your host Rachel, and we're back with the Fab Four (laughs) for episode seventeen. You are what you eat. Oh. (laughs) So today is a very interesting, interesting subject. We're going to be talking from our own personal experience and also sharing um, some research that we've done. And um, I'd love to hear from the Fab Four, which I just started that. <laughs> <laughs> have we said that before? I don't think we have. No, I think this is
2: like a new okay. name that you just made us. But so I the like Fab it.
1: Four, um, <laughs> I want to hear from you guys just to sort of kick us off. So we all get an idea of our own personal perspective. Just, I guess, your relationship with food. Um, I guess, do you cook for yourself? Do you enjoy food? How do you eat? and um what diet are you currently on if any um yeah just share
0: amazing i can uh, definitely kick it off here um since i feel like on the entire team um i feel like i'm the least uh culinary experienced out of everyone <laughs> i feel like everybody here like cooks for themselves and and um have like special family recipes that they incorporate to their lunch and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. I'm not there yet. Um, so I'm definitely not cooking for myself at that level, but one of the things that I do try and stay on top of would be, uh, my fasting. So something that I do every day is, is intermittent fasting, which is something that we're going to be going into a little bit more later on in the episode. Um, but it pretty much means that I have my first meal at, at 2 PM. Um, Aside from that, I uh, had entered into a hiatus from consuming alcohol, and um, it's actually led to a huge weight loss for myself. Mm-hmm. Um, I haven't had any alcohol uh, since my birthday, which was March 16th. Woof, any, anybody out there? Yes, yes, yes. yes. yes thank you thank you thank you and i know i was the host of episode 15 drinkpreneurs um, with a purpose but i can definitely uh i still appreciate that that culture and 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 all the business that, that is revolved around it um i still appreciate that stuff but i haven't had a drop of alcohol in about six months and um it's led to tremendous health benefits um and that's only uh affecting a small part of my diet um other than that, uh, I've just been trying to eat a little cleaner and you know sticking to the intermittent fasting and and it's been helping a lot.
1: Yeah, you look great. Yes, yes. you do. Oh, but you look great. You
0: guys look great.
2: <laughs>
1: We're poor. so beautiful. So I mean, it's yeah.
0: what about you All guys? the food we eat.
2: <laughs> um. So, hi everyone. Hey. Um. I definitely have shifted in terms of my diet. I love food. I love food. I'm very grateful for food. Um, And I do enjoy cooking. I don't cook as often as I'd like to, obviously because of my schedule. Um, You all are aware (laughs) like we all work every day and to cook every day or at least to prep meals um, at the end or beginning of your week can be time consuming and it's like i'd rather be doing other things so (laughs) and it's just learning a balance yeah so what i usually do is um i'll usually eat um buy enough food so that i have leftovers for the next day so a lot of times food that i'll bring to work is food that i already had like the night before i bring the leftovers so I'm spreading my budget I'm not that's I'm stretching my money yes so that's one thing um, is just being frugal and healthy I'm always trying to make sure I'm within a budget I'm not spending a lot of money on food um, but not allowing that to replace the quality of the food that I eat and in terms of my diet I feel like everyone is on a diet whether they think about it that way or not that's my way of looking at it because um, you choose to eat a certain way so therefore True. It's, you're on a diet everyone's on a diet Uh, Which I feel like in the past it's been used to mean that you're losing weight But that's just a type of diet and there's so many different ways that you can eat to lose weight Uh, so for me, I am I can definitely I Would say vegetarian and the reason why I say vegetarian because there are different types of vegetarian diets There are vegetarian diets that include um, meat uh, fish poultry um, and also include dairy and it's up to you to choose what you go by so I am big on my greens. I love my vegetables, but you guys know. Yes. And y'all know, but my <laughs> listeners don't know. So you know today. Um, love my greens. I'm usually, if I do eat any meat, it's usually lean chicken. Or um, if it's fish, it's usually shrimp or um, salmon. Uh, white fish, I don't dabble into too much, but tuna will be another alternative that I'm open to. I love eggs, so that's one thing that I have a hard time letting go of, because it is technically chicken. Um, So I am keeping that in mind uh, as I transition. And what I mean by transitioning is I would love to eventually become plant-based, whole food, plant-based, vegan, which uh, I feel like when it comes to diets, it's very fluid. You don't have to stick to one thing. You can try it, evolve to it right. change it if you don't like it try it for a month try it for two months see if it works for you and then evolve from there and if not move on so that's pretty much what i eat and how (laughs) thank you for for sharing
3: sharing. yes so hello everyone this is sebastian happy to be here again sharing this topic Hey. hey So, in my case, um, it's actually been a roller coaster kind of thing. Uh, born and raised in Colombia, I feel like we have a pretty heavy diet on carbs, mm-hmm. calories, meat. So, definitely, I feel like everything shifted when I moved to the States. Um, when I started going to college, I remember that I watched this documentary. So, actually, my background in college is hospitality, food, and beverage. So it is a passion of mine. So cool. I feel like that's a, like a great outlet for me to explore my creativity. So um, always being super, super interested in in food and just like everything that you can make out of. I remember actually, no, when I was a little kid, um, I always used to be next to my mom when she was cooking. So they used to call me at home the guardian of the kitchen because I was <laughs> always I, I wanted to peel the potatoes. I wanted to like you know grab the knives and everything. So
4: you're so precious. Oh <God>.
3: Thank you. So definitely, um, food, it's, it's p- big part in my life. Mm-hmm. So back again, when I moved to the United States, started going to college, food and beverage, whole new perspective of everything that I used to eat. I remember watching this documentary called Food Inc.
4: Oh, wow. Eh. Uh, yeah. uh-huh. It game was changer. extremely, <laughs> yes,
3: game changer. Cause I feel like that's when I actually started creating more consciousness mm-hmm. in regards to what I put into my body. So with that said, um, it's been about four years that I started to like really drastically changing the diet that I grew up with. So about four years ago, I stopped eating red meat, mm-hmm. um, and pork. Also, that was like a, like a, you know, a little bit of a process, especially cause like I said, it's a huge part of, uh, it was a huge part of my diet. And then about, I would say two years ago, I stopped eating chicken. Again, it was really, really, really hard.
0: Right now, um, I remember the day. You remember you, uh, the day you brought in. It was painful emotionally. <laughs> you brought in mm. your shirt that says "Be kind." Yes, oh, yes. And the, uh, it has had a little it has chicken and a, a, and a pig on it. It has been a journey. Now that indeed. I
1: think about it, yeah, you really have shifted your mm-hmm. diet.
0: Yeah. So mm-hmm. we used to eat so many
3: chickens together, you know, and, and, like, and like burgers. But um, <laughs> so <wings>. I decided <laughs> to change my diet mainly because of two reasons. Because of what it like, what, how it affects your physical body, but how like actually our consumption of food affects our environment.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, yes.
3: So with that said, things started changing. As of right now, I'm a pescatarian, trying to eat mainly vegetables during the week. I love cooking at home. I love bringing the food that I cook and share it with the team. I feel like that's one of the most gratifying feelings of cooking. So um, this is where I'm at.
4: Hey! It's a good thing
3: that you're good at
0: it too. Yes, amazing, amazing. If That's you wanted to good. share yes. your food and Definitely if it wasn't it. and if it wasn't good, like Langlo. <laughs> right,
2: that awkward moment when you're <laughs>
0: when you're
1: no, crying. I like.
2: <laughs> to share well,
1: food how and it's come you're nasty. not eating my food? <laughs> You're uh, the only person who I, like, actually yeah. will take up on that offer, That's to be true. quite honest.
3: Right. Thank you, Yeah, because I know you're peaky with yeah. food. I, oh very no. peaky.
2: Rachel's particular. I oh. can tell you I can,
3: like, I can tell Rachel's
1: diet.
2: Oh, right my now.
3: God. Okay. Sounds
1: <laughs> <laughs> with a K. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Wow, I'm being called out right now. Do you now. care to
0: defend your, your diet? I defend
1: guess I can. Diet. Okay. I guess I'll have to take it back mm. to my childhood to really... Oh, sh- this is gonna be a while (laughs) this is just the intro so buckle up (laughs) I'm just kidding um but hearing Sebastian sort of talk about his background I think that really has a lot to do with how we define our diets and um as we get older and get more informed and you're not just sort of uh you know the only thing you have to choose is just what's right in front of you Uh, you evolve. But I think growing up, because my mom and dad, they didn't cook. It was like the opposite of your sort of upbringing. I was sort of forced to be innovative with my food and cooking. And I would cook for myself a lot. And my mom is an extremely picky eater. So I think I kind of picked that up from her. And I've gotten a lot better. I will say that. But I could eat literally the same thing every single day, and I often do. And people make fun of me, like <laughs> Brian. <laughs> <laughs> okay. We've all told
0: that. But why? I would like to state. What, what is it that you eat? Every okay, day?
1: so the way I eat also, let me just say this. I mostly eat a plant-based, holistic, whole foods diet. Um I love kale salads from Love Life Cafe. There it is. That's okay, kale salads, yes. Kale I actually had one yesterday. Oh, my. <laughs> I literally used to eat a kale salad, like, every, every single day. Mm-hmm. And Brian got me a, a shirt that says Kale University. Kale
0: University. I can't help but to notice the absence of this shirt as we record this episode. But
1: <laughs> You know, also, my staple food... That I will eat every single day if I could. It's not as healthy as a kale salad. Chicken quesadillas. Oh, what? My God. Oh, are you kidding? The contrast.
2: Intense.
3: <laughs> what?
0: You know what? But th- that's kind of important because it keeps you from like losing your mind. Um, I know <laughs> other I know other members that like I'm losing it. I know I know other members that have like a really strict diet, mm-hmm. and they have to eat very specific things throughout the day so every day See, I can't do
1: thing. that I just can't
0: It's very challenging mm-hmm. um so every now and then you got to treat yourself you got to No but like
1: for me a kale salad is treating myself I love it <laughs> It's you're so s- good
0: You are as pure as the driven <laughs> snow right <here>. <laughs> <laughs> <The>
2: But <driven. laughs> He's killing it with all these like one-liners, right? <laughs> 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 Thank wow.
1: you. I think that's a compliment. <laughs> yeah. but, um, totally, totally, totally. <laughs> yeah, no, in all honesty, I really do um, try to be very mindful about what I'm eating. I try to eat mostly plant-based when it's not a chicken quesadilla. <laughs> I've never been big on meat. I've never been big on fish. Um, when I do eat meat, it's chicken, usually, nine times out of ten, or sushi, but that's very rare. I do love sushi. But wow. mostly it's chicken. I do not eat... Like, I haven't had red meat, I want to say, for a very long time. I've never eaten a steak in my life. The thought of what? it... Yeah, no, seriously. Mm. The thought of it really... Um, for lack of a better word, it disgusts me. Mm. Mm.
4: Okay, okay. You and
3: and not of, like, to eating be, a muscle kind of thing?
1: I just like <sighs> the blood, and it's just too much. It's graphic and yeah. gooey and... Uh, I don't know. It just really? that doesn't please my palate yeah i mean (laughs) i feel like we
0: can we can definitely do an entire episode on um the suffering behind uh the animals that we consume and i know that that is a huge factor Mm, yes and a huge um like turning point for a lot of people when they're sort of on the fence kind of like oh man this chicken this steak tastes pretty good but like kind of like realizing where it came from and how we got it kind of thing like currently i'm a carnivore So I'm still, still living that, that life. Mm -hmm. Um, but I know I've, I've been surrounded by a ton of people who had that sort of like aha moment of like, all right, there's cruelty involved somewhere in the process and I'm putting that inside of me. Mm -hmm. And if we're really talking about like you are what you eat, um, on, on, like, a cellular level, like, your your frequencies, your vibes, like, it, there's negativity in, in, you know, dying a horrible death. Right. And, uh, and you're sort of, like, transferring that energy inside mm. of you as well. And the hormones true. and just...
1: Hashtag true fact. Yes, <laughs> yes, it's really intense. Um, but, yeah, that's basically my diet in a nutshell i do love restaurants and i love exploring new restaurants mm. so on the weekends you'll find me at a restaurant and i will eat more than a kale salad but i might just be having a quesadilla <laughs> <laughs> less is more rachel yeah less is more
0: if there's anything else on the menu <laughs> i oh, am <want> on it <laughs> who cares
1: it's a trick it's a trap
0: um but okay so Tammy had also mentioned um, a really strong point when, when she was telling us about her diet, right? And it's the difference. Like when people think of the word diet, right? It's like you're inquiring about somebody's diet or you're telling them, oh, maybe you should go on a diet. They will take it instantly as like oh but I'm gonna be starving or it's like you pretty much want me to eat like flavorless greens and just sort of like it's like Kale. you're asking it's like you're asking people to suffer when you say the word diet yeah but that's not really what diet means diet is just a description of everything that you consume and you put into your into your body like that like um it's the difference like you can only eat nachos but it means your diet is not remember
1: the cookie yeah. diet do you guys remember that? I know all these I, diets. I feel
0: like I don't want to the admit to this diet? until... Huh? The cookie diet? Yeah,
1: the cookie diet where you just ate cookies. Okay. What?
3: Just basically...
2: On- <laughs> that that wasn't a lot of my
1: house.
4: <laughs> <laughs> my house... <laughs> <laughs>
2: Not a lot of my house. It was a thing
1: in the 90s, I think. Oh, Look Jesus. it up. Wait, you found this on the internet?
2: <laughs> no, girl, I
1: remember when this was happening. Was it it like was
2: trending. Oreo cookies or like chocolate chips? I think Cole they House? were like healthy
1: cookies, but I don't uh. know. The point yeah. was you can only eat cookies. This, uh, <laughs>
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> Sign me up. I'm already on that diet plan.
2: My stomach would curl.
1: I
0: hide them in my cookie pouch.
2: <laughs> <laughs> cookie monster. <laughs>
0: um so one of the things that sort of inspired, okay, why, why do we even want to talk about this topic or, or how is it relevant to us? Um, aside from the fact that we're all human beings and we all got to eat, um, right. we're all also entrepreneurs. Um, we're all experiencing the startup grind. Um, and there's this, this phenomenon <laughs> that happens to all of us, um, especially when you're on that grind. As an entrepreneur, it's 24-7. It's nonstop. Um, so every, everyone now and then they experience what I like to refer to as the flow state. Uh, a lot of developers, uh, refer to, to the flow state as, as well. Um, I do art and animation for, for video games. So I guess that's probably where I picked up the term, but the flow state is when you get so focused and so caught up in what you're working on that time will just fly by, um, without you realizing Um, So you start working on something, and it's just like, oh, you know, just got my little to-do list here in front. A couple hours pass by, and next thing you know, it's nighttime, you're starving. and
1: (laughs) You're in the zone. You're in the
0: zone. Um, No
1: time for food. Right.
0: It's real. So what happens when we're in that zone, right? When you enter into your uh, flow state, um, easily, six to eight hours will will fly by without you eating anything, right? So the problem with that is that your brain requires um, good fats, uh, proteins, water, mm-hmm. to be able to uh, continue working at max efficiency. Um, so whenever I enter into a flow state, um, I'll usually I'll hit around like six hours where it's just like, oh my God, I haven't eaten anything. And then um, I'll need to to step away to correct that and I'll eat something and it takes much longer for me to recover and to get back into that flow state than if I would have just taken the time out to you know consume a meal every two hours or a snack snacking is is another thing that is is really important and it's it's almost like when you're in that state, it's almost like you got to like force-feed yourself sometimes because you'll really just not feel it until it's too late.
4: Yeah.
1: Well, and you're burning calories when you're putting in mental True. energy yes. into something. You are definitely burning calories, so you need to be mindful of that. It's like an athlete. I mean, that's mm-hmm. your exactly. sport.
0: Yeah, yes. and as, as professionals, like uh, athletes and, and any other professional um, the keeping track of your time is, is super important and sticking to, to schedules. Um, so scheduling in, uh, breaks and, and snacks and stuff like that. Um, that's really important. Um, and people, they'll usually do, um, like a split, right. Where they'll say like 40, 45, 15, right. So you'll be working for 45 minutes straight and then you take a 15, which is like, You're doing anything but work, you know, even if it's just checking emails or uh, social media or whatever it might be um, to just sort of like step away from it. And then you come back fully recharged. And when you repeat this process, your overall time in the flow state getting work done and and whooping ass is going to be much longer than if you just sort of like throw yourself at the mercy of of the flow (laughs) state and just stay there for like. Four to six hours, and then you're useless. you just going to burn yourself yeah. out. So right. scheduling is important, I guess, is is what uh, I'd like to bring to the table.
3: And also appreciating that friend that's going to tap your shoulder and be like, hey, have oh you eaten God. something?
1: Oh, that's so, so sweet. Because like we all <laughs> kind
3: of support each other in that yeah. regard. Yeah. Like, yeah. Have you had something in your belly yet? Because if not, you better get out of that float state. Right. Yeah. Exactly. exactly. Okay. Support systems. Yes.
2: Yeah, super important. important. I love that you mentioned that, Seb. Because <laughs> he knows. <laughs>
3: <laughs> Tammy will be like, has everyone in, y'all? <laughs>
2: yes. <laughs> I mm, I be trying to check on y'all yes. and my stomach. Because I'll forget myself. I think when I first started working here, Brian used to call me out all the time. Because that's something I was doing a lot. I would just like dive into my work. And bury myself in my work and forget that my stomach. I needed to fuel and burn myself out. And a lot of times, when you do that, you when you finally do eat, you actually kind of go into like an itis state and you kind of crash from totally. Moment. So then it kind of messes up that time. Like you kind of mess up your efficiency there. You just throw it off. Exactly.
0: <clears throat> um, another important thing about what you just said—that crash. Yeah. So when we're not conscious of what we're putting into our body. Um, there will be a crash, especially if if we're having something that's really like carb heavy, you know, mm-hmm. like that delicious spaghetti, or if we're having like pizza or something that's like, um, you know, just heavy on carbs. And you eat that in the middle of the day, it's like oh kiss God. your productivity goodbye. But well, didn't you have right. pizza today? I did, and now we're here.
2: <laughs> I guess portions. As better. soon as I'm, call me out, I'm gonna call you out.
0: As soon as. <laughs> and that's rachel's pick of the week
1: (laughs) stay tuned for that
0: (laughs) that's why as soon as i'm finished talking here right now i'm just gonna take a nap and (laughs) you guys you guys can just take it from here Um, but you you really have to be careful with that sort of stuff because then again um going from like a carb crash to like trying to be productive oof, that is difficult
1: Yeah, no. And for me, like going back to the intermittent fasting, Mm -hmm. that for me is just naturally how I diet, I guess you could say. Mm -hmm. I've always, always, always been like that since I was little. Like, I really don't eat a whole lot, to be quite honest. Mm -hmm. And I've never been a breakfast person ever, ever. And people growing up would be like, oh, my God, that's the most important meal of the day. You'll die without it. (laughs) And then now all these doctors are coming out and they're like, you shouldn't eat breakfast. You should fast. So it's like I think just listening to your body is very important because everyone's different. And if I were to force myself to eat breakfast, I wouldn't feel as energized as I do otherwise. You feel gross. Yeah, I just feel sluggish and it's not something I like and it's just a whole other situation. So listening to your own body is very important
2: knowing your body and being connected to your body yes key.
1: speaking of that let's go into a few of the popular diets that are sort of trending right now we have evolved from Mm. when i was growing up it was all low fat fake sugars fat was like Mm. viewed as the enemy 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 Mm. and now it's shifted a lot
0: I remember back in the day it was the the Atkins diet was like oh, yeah. really popular that that's like an old one but that one was pretty much like eat a ton of uh, pasta and, and it was like all carbs you know yeah. what I mean? it was, it was um, um, even super high in carbs and then I think the guy who created it, Died from like a, a heart attack or a stroke.
1: Well, actually, the Atkins diet was the opposite of that. It was eating no carbs, eating a ton of fat. Yeah. Really? Yeah, yeah. Mm. it's eating... It's uh, I remember, I, I, it's
0: I, did I did it wrong then.
1: <laughs> uh, yeah. Here I was just eating spaghetti. <laughs> it didn't work.
0: <laughs> just ravioli for days. <laughs> and
1: that's the cookie diet. The cookie diet's the carb diet. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, that's the one where it was like, yeah. okay, let's eat all fat and no carbs so that and your protein. body will go into a... Mode of burning its own fat. Yes, Mm. that's the point. But is Mm. that really healthy? Mm, I don't know. So, Tammy did (laughs) some research on some of these diets and she can share. And if we have any
2: personal experience, we can also share. Please. Well, right before I go into the other diets that um, are popular at the moment that you've probably heard of or you've tried yourself or are currently using. I wanted to talk about diet culture and what that means, at least in the time that we live in now, because things have changed. Like you mentioned. Yes. This is a little deeper than I thought when I looked it up. I was like, Oh dang, this makes a lot of sense. So according to the beautifully broken journey blog, um, diet culture is a society that places value on being a certain size, weight and shape over actual health. Diet culture also promotes the false notion that health equals to thinness. Um, now, that i want to say that last point is definitely more directed towards women for sure definitely more directed towards women um and that that's already another problem in itself um, because it also is broken down by gender by ethnic background how you're affected by the cult by the quote unquote the culture so (laughs) being mindful um of all those things and making the choices that are best for you and for your health super important Um, So I want you all to keep that in mind as I list these different diets and you kind of have to, you know, be mindful of that as you envision um, your relationship with these diets. Um, One of them being paleo. Paleo diet is a whole food, lean protein, veggie, fruits, nuts, and seeds are the main um, things that you would be eating. And you don't do processed foods, no sugars, dairy, or grains. Um, So... That's one that a lot of people have been doing lately in order to have more of a balanced meal. Um, so then factoring everything in, but it's still um, on, more on the clean side.
0: I, I learned about yeah. that one in the in the P ninety X days. Oh. <laughs> oh, oh my god! Do they still have that? P ninety X. What
2: was the other one? X. Uh,
0: insanity
3: insanity oh yeah yeah. come on shanti
2: dude those were intense i think
0: around that time a lot of like the paleo diet started becoming super popular Mm -hmm. and everything um paleo like paleolithic it's pretty much like anything that a caveman could find and eat that's okay to eat was he eating lean chickens i don't know about that right yeah I know some he's like some nuts
1: and berries and like a dinosaur who knows
0: brutally murder a know, chicken and know. be like i'll take the breasts <laughs> it's the only thing is i can eat is it 99
1: lean
2: <laughs> uh the next one is a very popular one recently in the past probably what almost what eight five to eight years maybe? which one vegan diets oh yes mm. that one's been popping
1: that is the new diet. It is. It's actually yes. been called the diet of 2019.
2: Oh, wow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which is very, I feel like it was like a couple of years, but I guess it's mm-hmm. really rained this it's, year for yes. sure. Yeah. Um, plant-based diet, which is something that Rachel has shared and also Sebastian, then that excludes all animal products and anything animal derived, which would include something like honey, yeah. which are from the bees. Yeah,
0: mm. I I had read somewhere that um like it's being regarded to as more than just a diet, but mm. it's a, a philosophy. Like so, um, avoiding anything animal based, not just um, diet wise, but lifestyle wise. Mm. Um,
1: Leather goods. Yeah,
0: because the whole thing does mm. c- go back to um, animal cruelty, cruelty. Yes. And mm-hmm. stuff like that. So definitely. it's it's definitely interesting. Uh, the the vegan lifestyle. It's it's regarded definitely as more than just a diet. Right. So that's that's really interesting.
2: Thank you so much for chiming in on that because it's <gasps> you know. there's levels to all these diets. Right. And all because some definitely. of them are not just about the food. It, it definitely takes it past the food, so thank you so much mm-hmm. for mentioning that, especially when it comes to veganism, because people yes, people can think about it in a very radical and extreme way, but it is for a cause that's actually very important. So, I respect people a lot when they take it to that point where they've trained themselves to a point yeah. where they can actually like shift everything in their lifestyle, like all the way down to what they use and um, whether it be rags instead of you know using you know towels, like they'll change everything in their house and composting, everything yeah. of that sort. Keeping those things in mind are, are a big deal. Uh, low carb diets, unlimited amounts of protein and fat while limiting the carb intake, and pushing your body to use fat for fuel um which a lot of times people do that for weight loss reasons um so that their their bodies is pretty much eating what's already there um and you're not adding more fat to your diet Uh, the dukin diet is a high protein low carb weight loss split into two phases of weight loss and maintenance meaning that there are two phases of focusing on weight loss and like how you eat for that. And then after you drop down to a weight that you feel comfortable with, then you start to eat a little differently so you can maintain the weight that you have chosen to drop to. Does that make sense? Let me
1: say this about weight loss just real quick in these diets. Mm -hmm. Just for anyone who's interested in, I guess, finding the best thing for them, just one piece of advice I would give is if your goal is to lose weight, or be healthier, or you need to lose weight, I would just recommend doing something that fits your lifestyle and something that you can do forever. Not doing a diet just momentarily to lose the weight and then trying to figure it out once you lose the weight to go back to a lifestyle. Diet. It's just not really good for your body to do that, and it's not going to make you successful long-term. Right. So that's just a piece of advice. And
0: and it affects, like, so much. <laughs> so much in, yeah. your, in your day-to-day... Um, so definitely finding something that that gels with your, with your lifestyle. That was really well said. Um, I think when when people are considering like what different kinds of diets to do, um, definitely also consider consider other options. How, how is it affecting your life in other different ways? You know how is it affecting your finances? Um, whenever you're whenever you're um, choosing a diet, that means. Shopping like mm-hmm. you're, you're going to go um, to your Whole Foods or to your Publix or, or to wherever it is that, that you'd like to go. And, um, you know, it, there's going to be a, a dollar sign attached to 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 this new lifestyle. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think we can explore a, a couple different ways um, that entrepreneurs are sort of handling uh, that aspect. Uh, in terms of like personal finances and and being a mindful eater.
1: And also another thing when you plan and you prep ahead of time it just takes all the guesswork out for you Mm -hmm. and as long as you're organized and you know exactly what you have to do it just will make it so much easier just to grab that pre-prepared meal or if your fridge is stocked with the foods that are along your diet you're going to make that choice so much easier other than having to make it hard on yourself and you don't have the prepared food, you're going to make a wrong decision down the line. So being just prepared will save you time. Um, And if you do it the right way, it should save you money as well.
0: Yeah. Meal prep meal prep is huge. Um, Not only for, for your health, but for your wallet. Um, So when I entered this hiatus of not consuming alcohol and started to combine that um, with intermittent fasting, and I also toyed around with some, some meal prep stuff. My goodness, mm. the money I've saved, like, it's
2: crazy. Yeah, you save a lot of money. It's doing crazy.
0: It on a meal prep is is huge uh, for for saving lots of money.
3: And um, to in a little bit, I feel like it doesn't only help you save money, but I feel like when you're actually organized, like Rachel said, you're going to have everything like they're in control per se and i feel like also the waste aspect of it when yes. you know what you're doing when you know what you're eating i feel like the the like like the you know like the likelihood of really wasting food it's not as much like oh i'm just going to like go to the supermarket and like do my regular you know weekly biweekly run and then you realize that you're all of a sudden wasting so much food so I feel like that also goes hand in hand. That's your wallet awesome. is taken care of and also the waste aspect of it is taken care of.
2: Right. Yeah, because what you're doing is you're pretty much, you're portioning. So you're only buying as much as you're going to eat. Correct. That's it. That's the whole point. So not only are you able to um, achieve your goals, but you're also like being mindful of your portions and you're not like overbuying, overconsuming. Which yes. is something that mm-hmm. us as Americans have definitely suffer from is overconsumption, consumption when it be food or clothes or whatever gotta have it and gotta have lots of it and that's that mentality is very destructive Absolutely, so. yeah
0: we can also look at like um, the opposite of extreme of, uh, of meal prep uh, which in my opinion would be uh, using delivery apps for your food and what that means financially um, so as an entrepreneur sometimes it's hard to get away from your desk like you're you're there and you you have to be working with a team sometimes um, sometimes live and you just can't step away mm-hmm. um, <clears throat> that's why we have those delivery apps for for the convenience and to be able to you know get whatever we want um, however a lot of these apps have really crazy delivery fees mm-hmm. um, so it's sort of like you're looking at the subtotal for whatever you want. And then they throw on top of that delivery fees, tax service fees, which can range around 15% of your orders subtotal. And that actually depends on the restaurant where they have other metrics that they can use um, to pretty much say like, yeah, we want a, a bigger uh, delivery fee uh, depending on like, are there, are there even drivers in the area? How far are we? from the client um and then there's the brand new small order fee uh this this one's new this one uh kicked in i think earlier on this year and um it's literally like them saying hey you spent very it's like you spent very little you spent under ten dollars we can't have that and um here and then they they tack on a small order fee onto onto your <laughs> onto your delivery. So, you know, at the end, it's like, okay, I just wanted like some like a $7 something, you know? And then by the time that it gets to you, it's like, oh, it's $17 now. Um, which, you know, not not to throw too much shade at at those kind of apps. Um, sometimes this is the right move if let's say for example, um you're here in our conference room and you're there with, uh, with a big with your team or clientele or something like that. Sometimes the right move, the easiest thing is just you can place in an an order, uh, for everyone handle it real easy, um, and that's definitely the move. But it's not a solution for your day to day. And this is something that I was using, every single day uh, for a while before I got into into meal prep. And let me tell you, when I switched over to only using. Uh, the the delivery services for an emergency or for a special occasion now um i'm dripping mm-hmm. <laughs> i'm rich now i'm pretty much rich everybody you're rich and but, skinny yeah, rich and skinny <laughs> <laughs> and i'm on this podcast
2: i would definitely um oh there
0: goes yeah yeah yeah, yeah. So, yeah, l- looking, for, looking for options uh, from that sort of thing, right? Um, uh, we have in our space, one of the amenities that, that we provide for members is, um, it's called B-Meals, right? B-E-M-E-A-L-S, all together like that, no space in between, otherwise you wouldn't find it. Um, but what it is, is it's a service that we've uh, set up at the lab to, for the convenience of our members and it's a fridge that comes with pre-made, gourmet, healthy meals, um, and the app is pretty much to unlock the fridge. You can grab as many meals as, as you want at any point in time. The Lab Miami is a 24-hour facility. You know, so if you're an entrepreneur, if you're a startup, we all know that we got to work those weird hours. I've been here at two in the morning. You know, coming out of a flow state and. If it weren't for B meals, honestly, I would I would just (laughs) be starving. the The alternative is literally okay, the vending machine, you know.
3: Water and
0: coffee.
3: Right. Water and coffee. Mm -hmm. Right.
2: No bueno. Super Mm -mm. bad.
0: Um. So that's definitely that's great in terms of convenience. Um. It's a little challenging in terms of variety. There we have like seven different eight. Gourmet meals in there so you can definitely switch it up and there's good variety and stuff But if you're feeling something real particular, that's kind of like where the challenge comes in But other than that the convenience is 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 incredible for for our members mm-hmm. Um, One thing I know I feel like I've been talking a lot about food this episode uh, <laughs> But I mean another quick uh Solution right so we're talking about like delivery apps. We're talking about pre-made meals and all this sort of stuff there's also the world of meal replacements mm-hmm. um and again if you're an entrepreneur and you're constantly on the grind sometimes you don't have the time to go and heat up your food and to cook this beautiful experience and have this culinary just sort of like moment to yourself um Sometimes you gotta go with a, a meal replacement. You just have a really huge to-do list. Something that you can just throw in, and it'll have nutrients there for you that'll just keep you going. Um, Soylent is one that I was put on to um, by Matt Campbell. He uh, formerly he worked with Wing Code at, at one point. Super awesome guy, Matt. Shout out. Hello, we miss you.
1: Hi, Matt. <laughs> hey, Matt. He
0: put me on to Soylent a long time ago, as well as every wincode cohort that that came through the space
1: which wincodes a coding academy did you say that part
0: oh i didn't say that part (laughs) yeah Mm -hmm.
1: they are a coding academy so they're going through a 10-week boot camp learning how to code from the ground up so they are on it
0: these guys don't have (laughs) Mm um these guys they definitely don't have time to be stepping away um from their computers for too long um because it's a boot camp you know and you have 10 weeks where you're grinding it's to intense. to like change your career, you yeah. know? Um, So he put everybody onto soylent there, and soylent is a meal replacement. It comes with uh, a lot of nutrients that are that are good for your body. Um, again, I wouldn't recommend this to replace every meal. I'm definitely not suggesting to anybody that like, hey, just switch over to soylent and you're good. Um, this is definitely just another tool to add to your to your arsenal. Um, in terms of, like, being on the grind and, like, having nutrition of some level.
2: If you don't want to do those alternatives and you really do want to save your money, um, meal prepping, like we were mentioning, is a huge, huge um, affordable way to go about it. And it can be very, like, it can cut down a lot on your time. So I kind of want to go over different ways that you can do that and give you some examples of different, like, quick recipes that are a cost really cheap in order for you to efficiently um and healthily uh prep yourself for the week so there are obviously so many different ways to save your money and one way pinterest is your best friend google.com is your best friend slow cookers are another way to save a lot of time and you can put use um slow cookers overnight the morning you already have your meal ready to go put it in your container and you're out um so i actually looked up a few like for example five ingredient dinners for less than 50 bucks a week um, believe it or not, let me tell you guys what's on the menu. <laughs> just wait for it. Bring it on. Uh, so for example, you can do a chicken enchilada stuffed spaghetti squash. Oh, I love mm. spaghetti squash. Mm. Okay, yeah. that's Monday's dinner. That's just Monday.
3: Getting hungry, hungry. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Just
2: saying. Now, that's obviously for someone who's a meat eater, who's open to a lean, you know, lean protein and wants uh, carbs. That's eleven dollars and forty-four cents just for that. Okay, so that's yeah, that's like that's your dinner. And you can based off how much you make, you can spread that over a few nights, bring that leftover over to work and you're good. So you can always think about it that way. Um, Another, for example, Tuesday's dinner is almost it's less than eight dollars. It's an Italian zucchini topped baked potato. Now, obviously, you can add Mm. other things with that, whether it be a salad on the side. Um, You can add whatever you want, but just that baked potato and what you stuff it with alone, eight bucks. So imagine how much you're cutting out in terms of meal, um, and how much you're usually spending for dinner if you were to go out or do takeout. Just saying, mm-hmm. and bring whatever left over to work. Okay, mm-hmm. I'm the queen of doing that. Just saying. <laughs> so take that it from is me. such
1: a good idea. Like make enough for dinner so you can take it the next day for lunch literally smart.
0: you know what's yes. funny about you saying that like you are so frequently eating leftovers that i don't ever really see the first meal you know what i mean like,
2: <laughs> you don't see it because i eat it at home <laughs> okay. that's okay, so okay, smart. Okay. that's how you know that you know that I'm you like, know. whose
0: leftovers are these why do i never see you starting a meal it's always just finishing
2: I'll give you guys a couple of examples in terms of either a healthier option that doesn't include um, meat, um, or if it does, it's like either seafood, like alternatives to the meat. Uh, so vegetarian breakfasts that are super easy, baked oatmeal cups, or a slow cooker peanut butter oatmeal. Literally, you'll cook that overnight. I know. Have I you ha- had that? That sounds the so nice. Wait, but you, it you love your oatmeal, meal. yes. Every morning they know I have my bowl of oatmeal. Every morning, it's never them. failed,
1: <laughs> except one time our microwave broke, and then she had to go
2: next door to get a oh microwave. Oh my god, that man tried me, but <laughs> it's all good. He really tried me. I was like, "Sir, I'm your neighbor. Okay, I need a microwave desperately. Give me a microwave to use for what? Less than two minutes. A minute 30, that's all I need of your time, sir. Legit. But I have my oatmeal every morning, (laughs) my quick oats, and I have my berries. I have my peanut butter. Love my peanut butter. I'm Haitian, by the way, you guys. So culturally, like, we grow up on peanut butter. We don't need jelly. We just need bread, pan, and then peanut butter. That's Mm. it. That's it. That's it. it. So I'm used to my peanut butter. That's why I was looking at that slow cooker. Like, we can do that. We can do that. (laughs) oatmeal peanut butter best world sweet potato and black beans um breakfast burrito and as alternative to like for great for vegan um or even vegetarian folks that don't do animal protein um or animal products in general or like a thai quinoa salad with peanut dressing like um today sebastian brought in a bean sprout salad Mm, so good, delicious peanuts but wait
1: but wait but wait can we talk about what you (laughs) Brought <laughs> in, because yes. that was like a whole other
2: situation.
3: What was the name of it?
2: So, um, the Haitians will know this, but sauce poire. Sauce Sauce <gasps> poire. It's pretty much bean soup Delish. or bean sauce. Um, you can use that word interchangeably, but, um, you lay that over rice or cornmeal. Um, that's traditionally how you have it, or you'll have it with legumes. Legumes is mixed vegetables. Ugh, you guys are got me. It's just mm-hmm. in the feels talking about my culture. But yes, <laughs> so spot. I um That's one way for me to get the black beans in and get my um, healthy protein in uh, as an alternative. If I don't want to do any meat or if I do like great, that's just extra protein for me. But that's a great way and it lasts for a while. Like I make enough where I can put some in the freezer. I have some in the fridge and I just like eat that Thaw out the rest and I have one. I literally have soft spot for two weeks. And I'll do like two cups of beans, of black beans. Mm -hmm. So that's always there's different ways you can bring your culture into the mix, which we're going to talk about a little later. But for sure, there are ways to detach from your culture and still bring it. I also want to mention while we're talking about money and budgeting and um, different ways to just be frugal with your money on in all aspects. We love you guys if you have not listened to episode 13. Uh, millennial financial responsibility where we talk about finances in general, especially as millennials now. Money looks different for us now. Our options are super different now. Um, different apps that you can use, different ways to budget, um, different ways to save, different ways to invest.
3: To track. To track. What you're spending on, what legit, you're eating.
2: Legit. Credit and all that stuff. Um, this falls into that too. At the end of the day, like what you spend um, is definitely a reflection of like what you're doing with that money, you wanna be mindful of it, so. Very important. Reference point.
0: Thank you.
1: Thank you for that, my love. So, taking it back, a little step back from everything we've been talking about, we've been talking very granular right now about the nitty gritty details and the day to day, and I just want to take it back to just the food industry as a whole. Mm. And Sebastian and I and the whole Fab Four are going to talk more (laughs) (laughs) about food from an emotional standpoint and also as an industry Mm. and what's really going on right now Mm. with the culture of food. Um,
3: And technology. How technology is totally impacting. Yeah, now more than ever. Yes.
1: And specifically speaking about the U.S., um, the U.S. has always been under scrutiny for our food, for being super processed super unhealthy, full of hormones, pesticides, whatever bad thing you can say, we have it. So I think now consumers are much more educated and our whole food industry is being scrutinized and taken a deep look into exactly what is our food, where is it coming from, and consumers are caring more, a lot more about that because we're being informed about it. Um, so I think there's been sort of a mindfulness shift in our society And it's not just about, okay, is this food going to make me look good? It's about who it's affecting, not just yourself. Correct. And the greater good, I would say. Mm -hmm. Yes.
3: Yeah, I feel like definitely uh, right now the mentality that's shifting is, like you said, just seeing things as a whole, right? Not like that egotistical perspective. It was kind of selfish, like, oh, I'm just going to eat this because I like it. I love it. It tastes good like right now the mentality is changing big time in terms of, you know, the options that are being offered and how we can actually be more conscious of not only our body and like how we look and like how we feel, but just like the entire planet itself. We're starting here in the U.S., we're here in Miami, and that uh, diets and everything is changing on a day-to-day basis, but I feel like right now technology is really giving an option for all of us to just like try it out. You know, just like try different things, create a different impact on our society. So definitely, definitely a whole new age
0: in terms of how food is being made. How do you guys feel about um, like the Impossible Burger and like Beyond Mm. Meat and that kind of stuff? Because if we're going to be talking about technology, um, I think there is a ton of money um, going in that direction. You know, there are people out there that do like to eat meat but at the same time have this sort of like moral dilemma that they're not out here trying to you know murder chickens and cows and pigs brutally either you know um so i i I, there's there's definitely a a trend going towards like tech specifically for making these plant-based burgers how do you guys feel about that
4: Mm.
1: So I mentioned earlier, uh, that 2019 was being coined, uh, the year of the vegan. And that actually came from the economist. Um, there's been estimated 600% increase in vegan consumers in the past three years, which is crazy. And I think a lot of what's driving that is climate change, environmentalism, animal welfare, and our overall health. So there's sort of two parts of veganism. It's mm-hmm. the caring for the planet and the animals and caring for your health. Um, and what you're consuming. And there's been a whole bunch of documentaries. You mentioned Food Inc. Mm -hmm. as one of them. Yes. Um, Some other ones that are on Netflix have had a huge impact are What the Health, uh, Cowspiracy, (laughs) Forks Over Knives, Fat Sick and Nearly Dead. There's literally a million of them, and they're all sort of touching on the same things. So this whole shift in how we look at what we're consuming has changed um, consumerism, consumer behavior, and in doing that, the food industry has jumped on that bandwagon really quick. Mm -hmm. So Beyond Meat, Bryant mentioned, uh, they're one of the first alternative meat companies, and what they do is they actually mimic the molecular process by which animal meat is naturally occurring without needing any livestock to do so. So which weird. is insane. That's weird. So Innovative. that means that our
3: meat grows in a lab. The future meat is going to be coming from a lab, not from a field. Just mm-hmm. kind of like kind of good and healthy for the planet.
1: But right. But exactly. It's interesting. That that
0: it's interesting. definitely a, a give and take to everything.
1: Yeah. So there's Beyond Meat. There's the Impossible Burger, which is kind of the same thing. And McDonald's, Burger King are all offering this now on their menus. They offer vegan options. There's the Impossible Whopper. You guys have probably heard about it.
0: I actually I had one of those. Oh. Um, thanks to Sebas. Uh, you had one, Sebas? Yes. Yes. Sir. How was it? Every, everyone always says the same thing when they have it. They're like, I think they just gave me a regular Whopper. Right. It's <laughs> like well, because it has
1: all that sauce on it. They're cooking it the same way. Yeah, it's it in actually that fatty grease that, like, whatever. that
0: barbecue smoky
3: flavor, so... If you ask me how was it, I feel like <laughs> if we're going to use this mindfully and be like, okay, if we're just craving it and we want to test it out to see how it is, I feel like it is a good option for that. Um, I liked it. I feel like it's a good, you know, treat if you want to go for the, for the fast meals kind of thing. Um, and I also want to touch base on the fact that I feel like us humans, we've been really used to all the meals are served in a golden plate right mm-hmm. and so therefore we really don't put too much effort into like oh where is it coming from um how is it processed we just like it's there and we eat it yeah, and yeah. with that said i feel like this option you know there are plenty 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 of articles that are talking about oh yeah this is going to save the planet but it's not healthy you should not eat it and i agree i feel like if you're going to use this as your regular diet it's probably not going to be as healthy okay. But I feel mm-hmm. like it is time for us humans to put a little bit on our side to be like, OK, you know, maybe this is an option. But it's also up to us at the end if we're going to make it part of, you know, my everyday lunch, m- you know, breakfast, whatever. So I feel like it's important to not always be like expecting, you know, people to just like do things. Yeah. No, like it's, for sure. It's, for sure. it's our it responsibility season. to like really be mindful Mm. If we're really gonna be consuming these options, because it is real, you know, yeah. this food is really growing in a lab uh, from Silicon right. Valley. So, <laughs> yeah, it's real. But totally. like, you know.
0: uh, actually, I have a, a a real question for you that I'm not really sure. Um, because you have so much experience doing so many different things, um, is farming one of those things? Like, did had, did you ever have any experience farming, like in terms of dealing with animals and stuff? Because I know that you've dealt with a lot of greens um, in your farming experience. Yes.
3: So actually, part of the experience that I had when I graduated from college was to um, volunteer my summertime at a farm in Vermont. But uh, um, that was mainly like vegetables, farm-to-table kind of thing. There were some livestock, there were pigs, and it was different. I didn't eat them, but it was differently how they grow. I feel like for all the carnivores and people that are eating meat still it is totally okay as long as you are aware of the life that that animal had Mm -hmm. it's almost like if they're gonna die in dignity because they had a good life then okay maybe it's not as 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 impactful right Mm -hmm. so going back to the farm yes it was part of my experience and i feel like that's when i actually got to connect even more with what we consume as humans Mm -hmm. totally shifted my perspective to a whole new level i feel like connecting with earth at that degree definitely did something to my soul to my spirit to like just me as a whole being so thank you for asking yes Mm -hmm. it's part of the experience Mm -hmm. um and i not saying i'm not saying oh do not eat meat but i feel like if you are going to do so at least be mindful of your sources Mm -hmm. very
1: important that's very very important
0: that's really cool. Especially if we consider about, like these younger generations, Um, we're only providing more and more resources for them to be able to have uh quick and cheap uh, meal options, you know, between all the different apps, either for delivery or like different food services where you'll get your pre-made gourmet meals like um weekly or or whatever like there's just more and more services popping up making it easier uh, for this younger generation that it's a total possibility that they'll never see the back end you know what I mean right. mm-hmm. that they, more That's and more people are yeah mm-hmm. they're they're really not going to be exposed to that sort of thing mm-hmm. um so it's important that we keep that mindfulness Absolutely. and the, the awareness going.
3: And something that you actually mentioned, um, you know, one of the things that I've done was also this mindfulness training uh, program, the MBSR. And one of the things that we touched based on was the mindful eating. And what that was, pretty much the exercise, was taking a little um, coffee, how do you call it, coffee seed?
2: Oh, like a bean? Like a
3: bean, the coffee bean, thank you. And um, the exercise was about... Smelling it, touching it, looking at it, and using our imagination to sort of look at the process of that bean, of the the process that it took for that bean to be in your hands, Mm -hmm. right? It was planted. Somebody had to like you know wait for it to grow. Somebody came. There's a whole process that we are totally missing and Mm -hmm. not really like caring about Mm -hmm. because it goes straight to our mouth. Yep. So I feel like just taking a little time to be like, oh what was the, the process of this and how it made it here? I feel like it's going to help us to create a little bit more of awareness into well what we put in our body. Yes. Definitely. Importante. It's
2: super interesting Here, you guys talk about um, just where food has gone, um, especially in this country. I can mention from my personal experience growing up uh, in a Haitian home where my mom, as an immigrant, she used to cook very traditional Haitian food and um, it's high, high protein, um, high in carbs. Um, they're not very heavy on, um, what's it called, on veggies. Uh, and if it was veggies, it was like legumes, which was like one of the main dishes with uh, vegetables. Mind you, they still would put meat in it traditionally or seafood, it mm. would either be beef in it with the mixed greens or it would be um, crab. So, mm. which is very island. Mm-hmm. So I- Sounds amazing. Oh, little do you know, Stop. don't you do this to me, Mom? You're coming through, but no, I I really had to. I kind of watched my mom's journey evolve as a parent um, in this country, and she she did the best that she could to like help us eat clean and more lean. Like she realized that the diet that she grew up and how she ate was not the healthiest, so she started shifting how she ate, but she also incorporated like American um things like eating lunch meat and um having cereal like me and my brother used to eat cereal so every American. night yeah like every night high school i would, like i had that was my supper was cereal cinnamon toast crunch Oof. <laughs> I was an old lady. I had honey bunches of oats. <laughs> oh, I love honey bunches. <laughs> I love it. But I like those are different things. Like she would like do the lean meat. Like would be like lean uh, chicken um, and seafood, and we wouldn't eat red meat. Like I didn't grow up eating red meat. That wasn't really a thing. Even though that's very much a part of my culture. Griot, which is a very traditional, um, fried pork, uh, very traditional dish that my mom never touched. She didn't care for it because she knew that it wasn't good for us. So it was interesting seeing her like grew up in like being in the late 80s and 90s and how she was still trying to transition and alter and then how I took that on. Cause I still like now I'm trying to learn how to cook traditionally. Mind you before I was like, oh no, I'm good. Like I am gonna just eat clean and healthy. But I'm like, but there are healthy things in my culture that I can incorporate still. So learning that balance, too, because a lot of people have that challenge is like, oh, I don't Mm want to let go of, you know, my traditional, you know, my doodles and whatever they eat. And they're like, I don't want to let that go. But it's just different ways to remix it and make it work for you. It's all a balance. There's no I think Mm
1: -hmm. being extreme in anything is not the best thing. Mm -hmm. So it's all about having a balance. Yes. At the end of the day.
3: And also something that um, Tammy mentioned. I'm not sure if it was earlier, but like today. Um, you were talking about how you actually sort of helped your mom Mm -hmm. and the family to have like new ideas of what we eat. Mm -hmm. And I feel like um, that is actually a great point because I feel like right now, this new generation, we're sort of like the culture shifters. Yeah. And um, it is totally okay, let's say, if you come from certain background, right, certain cultures to to be that shifter and be like, I want to try something different. I'm not going to go for it because, you know, it's like it's, pretty much how you feeling about it Mm -hmm. so don't be afraid to create that shift that change
2: yep That's very much true. That's so true,
1: yeah. Our parents, I mean, when I started really being on top of um, having like a vegan diet.
0: On top of not eating cookies.
1: (laughs) (laughs) The cookie diet. When my mom
3: took
0: my cookie jar away.
1: (laughs) Oh my God, I did not do the cookie diet. I just said it was a diet. We
3: kind of assumed it, Rachel, you know. Okay, I didn't do it.
1: (laughs) Well, now I lost my train of thought. No, the
3: cookies and the mom. Brian,
1: you ate pizza today, so
2: don't even come at me. <laughs> You're seeing how this is in real time, you guys. You know, you were talking about your okay, mom vegan, and yes. your Parent,
1: so I, um, I was sort of shifted my diet more towards plant-based vegan. I will occasionally eat chicken, like I said, but my mom, when I first mentioned that to her, thought that that was just ludicrous, and you need protein mm-hmm. and people are very misinformed because we're only able to do so much with what we're given Mm -hmm. and you really have to go beyond just the hype of the fad diets and try and see where is this information coming from and what's their motive and intention in giving you this information because you will get mixed messages left and right, everyone telling you something different and none of it makes sense at the end of the day if you believe everything you hear. So it's really about deciphering the messages because, um, Everyone's just trying to t- sell you things. So there's plenty of protein, if not just as much, if not more, in plant that you can find in plants mm-hmm. as animals. So it's not necessary to eat animal meat for protein. It's just not.
3: True. Many options out there.
1: So I just want to touch on one other thing real quick, going back to what we were talking about. Um, Sebastian mentioned the sourcing of our food And he was very connected to that, having the amazing opportunity to work on a farm.
3: Yes, very blessed. Mm -hmm. Thank you.
1: Very. Um, uh, So a little statistic. Mm -hmm. In about 30 years, the world population is projected to increase by 35%, which means in 2050, we'll need to feed 2 billion more people. So we're already stretching our resources on planet Earth, as everyone is very aware This has to be something that we take very seriously and um, ways we can sort of approach it is from a very personal way. Because when I hear things like that and I hear the news and I hear, you know, climate change and all these crazy things that are out of my control, Mm -hmm. it sort of makes me feel defeated and it makes me feel like, well, I just don't want to hear it because I can't do anything about it. Mm. But that's the wrong mentality to have Um, and agriculture is among the greatest contributors to global warming, which emits more greenhouse gases than all of our cars, trucks, trains, airplanes combined. So that's largely from the methane release from cattle. Um, basically like cows farting. <laughs> if you can- <laughs> Yes. <laughs> what? Right? It's true.
0: Making moves. <laughs> Just yeah. cows making moves. Can you
1: imagine that cow farts are contributing to our planet dying? That's a huge
0: I don't deal. want. I don't want a cow fart contributing to anything. <laughs> uh.
2: Then you better not eat that steak.
3: Because <laughs> they're probably farting all the chemicals I in the food that they're eating so they can grow fast. It's
2: definitely a reflection of what they're eating because that totally. was
1: never yes. the
3: case
2: before. Ashe.
3: Thank you. Yes.
2: So
1: farming uh, is the thirstiest user of our precious water supplies, and it's a major polluter. So all the runoff fertilizers and manure... Uh, from, the, from the cows, disrupts the lakes and rivers and the ecosystems across the globe. Mm-mm. These global conglomerate commercial farmers are the problem. And it's all driven by industry. It's all driven by money. Mm-hmm. Animals are seen just as you know Property. dollar signs. It's all, you it's know, slavery. they're a unit. It's not, it is. It's so, it's so, slavery. so sad. Yes. And it's really hard to sort of absorb. And actually make yourself aware to the cruelty that's happening in the world. But it's very important to educate yourself at the same time.
3: It is very important. And now that you mentioned that um, education topic, Rachel, something that first parentheses, I want to do a shout out of the farm in Vermont. The name is um, Little Flower Farm in Middletown Springs, Vermont. It's actually a super small, you know, mom and pops farm kind of thing. Everything's organic. Delivering to the local restaurants in the country. So that's a little bit of the image. And going back to the education topic, something that I feel that um, I took as really, really valuable piece of information when I was gathering that experience was. A skill of the future is going to be growing your own food and knowing how to grow your own food, whether it is in your backyard, whether it is in your kitchen. There are too many options out there it takes a click in youtube how do i grow my food at home right because i feel like circling back to what's happening in 30 years what's going to happen that looks pretty scary mm-hmm. so therefore that skill mm-hmm. it's going to be so important for us for our future generations the kids if you have babies please teach them or somehow them close to these kind of information because it's almost like a survival skill it is you a know that we skill. got so comfortable like we got into this converse zone where you know everything is served in the golden plate that we forgot how to actually make things happen Definitely. so educate yourself and just in case how do you grow your own food um, Muy
2: thank you so much for mentioning that i would love to chime in real quick and mention how um, that topic is very important right now. Based off different communities that you're in, there are food deserts meaning that there isn't yes. any Oh my god, yeah healthy yes. options within miles. Um a lot of neighborhoods where it's either a liquor store on the corner, a check and cash on the other corner, a food mart and a quick stop. Overtown. That's all they have, right? That's and that's basically just Overtown. one example. Alapattas right there, like Hailey is another one like th- we're all surrounded by that. It doesn't matter where you are these food deserts exist. And so that's why community gardens are a big deal. If you have the resources, if you have the knowledge and you want to give back to your community, get a few people together and figure out a way to create a community garden um, where those food, food deserts um, exist so that people can either come and get their fruits and vegetables for free um, or at a very low cost and accepting you know um, other forms of payment to be mindful of other communities of people who need, are in need, just like you. So I thank you for mentioning that because that's really My where the pleasure. shift is right now is See. learning how to grow your own food. Key, and it's serious, key. It's very serious. serious.
3: You're not going to learn this in the news. No. And people wanna also
2: want to make excuse. Sometimes they're like, Oh, I live in an apartment because another thing as development happens, everyone usually is moving and living upwards. Right. So. Uh, I know a lot of people who live in high rise and that have uh, a balcony and they grow yes. some sort of plant, something right Tomatoes, in their balcony. Papers, yeah. Mint, cilantro. It's More than possible. So. We're growing Learning. basil here at the lab. Yes. yes.
3: Thank you, Danilo, Miami Dev Shop. Yes. Davis Lots of shout outs. Yes. yes. <laughs> Community. Importante. For very. real.
2: All very communal.
1: So, also, just if you are thinking to yourself that, oh my God, I can't grow anything. I don't have a green thumb. It's not for me. There are other sort of smaller steps you can take that do have a huge, huge impact uh, on our planet and just in general. And one thing we touched on already is reducing your waste. Mm -hmm. So eating your leftovers. What Tammy does in proportioning her food out, it not only is less waste financially, it's Mm -hmm. less waste on the planet. Mm -hmm. We waste so much food, so much food especially in restaurants and in supermarkets. We're throwing away tons of food. It's sad. So just being mindful just of what you can control. Eat leftovers and serve smaller portions. Try not to waste food. Um, Reducing waste is very important. Cook at home.
0: Mm -hmm. Actually, if I can jump on that real quick um
1: <laughs>
0: we got a lot of real quick we, we got Seriously, a lot of real quick real quick, real quick. <laughs> real quick, real quick. <laughs> i was just, just like saying. two seconds <laughs> <laughs> we all said it um and i didn't want to be left out so real quick <clears throat> um something that i was realizing yesterday actually um because we do we do events at the lab miami as well we do all sorts of events here um so our members always know when, whenever there's an event happening here, there's a very good chance that there's going to be leftovers and they're always you know, very excited, uh, especially with their budgets and all that sort of stuff. Um, but even after feeding the people from the event and then that second wave where it's our own members going to help clean up even more leftovers... More often than not, we're still left with even way more food um, than anyone here can handle, right? Now, I've had a lot of people come up to me and be like, so what are you going to do with that food? You know, don't I hate to see food get thrown away and stuff like that. This is not a solution, but we're asking for help. If anybody out there has any ideas, please engage with us um, either through Instagram or face-to-face, emails. However, just get into contact with us. Um, definitely open to hearing about solutions where we can sort of take large amounts of food and sort of give back um, to to the community, um, whether it's like the homeless community or or whoever is accepting this sort of food. Um, we haven't done any research on the subject because I feel like this just sort of came up naturally in conversation just now. Mm-hmm. Um, but I am, you know, I would. I know the whole team would be really, really grateful if there are any solutions out there for what can we do with our leftovers because we want to be mindful of that. We don't want to just be throwing away a whole bunch of food because we know that there are people in need.
2: One thing is when it goes bad, composting.
4: Mm. Yes. Saying. You're right, you're
0: right. Full, you're right. Sci- full so cycle. Full yep.
1: cycle,
3: yes. Um,
2: Daniel actually, he would like, I think we had like a whole bag of bread left over from something and he was like, don't throw do it away. And he had the housekeeping, like, leave the bags for him so he can use it for compost at his Mm. house so he can fertilize and grow his plants just saying he grew some
0: delicious tomatoes with that bread i will tell you Mm -hmm. they were so good
2: very very good skill and
1: very important so going back just a little bit i think the whole purpose and intention of this episode is not only to get you to think about your own personal diet, what you're eating, how you're eating it, what you're consuming, how you can be the best version of yourself Mm -hmm. by what you're consuming. It's just thinking also about others, about the planet, about how we need to sort of shift things in our own mentality and as a whole to really be sustainable long-term. And we're seeing this in the numbers um, just with the way things are shifting we mentioned Beyond Meat, their stock, when they launched their IPO, their stock skyrocketed 163%, making it the best performing US IPO in almost two decades. So people are paying attention. So hey, if you're an entrepreneur and you have a great idea and you're about the sustainability, you're about this.
3: This is the time.
1: Do it, yeah. yeah. I mean, people are definitely paying attention. It's a new wave and it's a new way of being.
3: So tying it back together, team, today, we've been actually discussing very, very deep topics in terms of what we eat, starting with our diets, our culture, our background, how we handle our you know, our own specific ways of eating, and something that we wanted to touch based on is the emotional aspect of eating, right? Um, one thing that we realized was that when we are babies that we're not able to articulate, oh, I am hungry, how is it that we actually ask for food? We cry for it, probably because we feel this pain in our stomach and we just do not know how to express it. So the stress that we feel, we just cry for it. So that emotional feeling is totally attached to it since we are born into this existence. So having said that, I feel like with all of the information that we've been talking about today, I feel like there is so much more that we need to unlearn, right? Because of our backgrounds, our culture, our history, everything. And I feel like this is an invitation from us to every single listener to don't be afraid and dare to unlearn your old patterns so we can build, you know, new patterns that are not gonna be only healthy for us, but for the entire planet as a whole. So I feel like that's something really important to leave people with. Um there is an emotional aspect of eating and this is when the mindfulness come into play i feel like it's really important to eat mindfully instead of mindlessly Mm. because i feel like we all fall into that trap so it's really important to just like deconstruct our old programming so we can learn new ways and save us and save the planet
2: you are what you eat so take care of yourself mindfully <laughs>
3: yum 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 yum
2: thank you everyone for listening and stay tuned for our next episode episode 18 we are on a roll so stay tuned for
0: <laughs>
4: bye
2: if you haven't yet go to Apple Podcasts and subscribe Rate and review the Big Idea Box podcast. And remember, always share with a friend.
3: Stay connected and follow us on our Instagram and Twitter at the Big Idea Box.
0: Everyday triumphs, extraordinary outcomes, a space where narratives connect. This is the Big Idea Box podcast.
1: Born at the Lab Miami, this podcast invites all entrepreneurs to share, support, and empower. Busy entrepreneur, have you ever stopped to wonder exactly how you're feeling your body when you take your lunch break, grab a quick breakfast, or when having dinner with your friends? Have you wondered just how connected your diet is with your health, mental state, happiness, and productivity? How about taking it a step further and thinking about all the time, processes, individuals, and possibly animals involved and affected with every meal you eat? Food not only is a necessity in human survival, but it defines cultures, sparks heated debates and emotions, and drives a trillion-dollar industry. In this episode, we dive deep into the age-old saying, you are what you eat, and take a moment of introspection to see if you're nourishing yourself to best utilize your time, productivity, and overall mental and physical health. Hi everyone, this is your host Rachel, and we're back with the Fab Four
0: <laughs> for, hey. for
1: episode 17. Whoa. You are what you eat. Oh, <laughs> So today is a very interesting, interesting subject. We're going to be talking from our own personal experience and also sharing um, some research that we've done. And um, I'd love to hear from the Fab Four, which I just started <laughs> that. Did, have we said that before? Four. I don't think we have. No, I think this is like a new okay.
2: name that you just made us. But so I the like Fab it.
1: Four, um, <laughs> I want to hear from you guys just to sort of kick us off. So we all get an idea of our own personal perspective. Just, I guess, your relationship with food. Um, I guess, do you cook for yourself? Do you enjoy food? How do you eat? and um what diet are you currently on if any um yeah just share
0: amazing i can uh, definitely kick it off here um since i feel like on the entire team um i feel like i'm the least uh culinary experienced out of everyone (laughs) i feel like everybody here like cooks for themselves and and um have like special family recipes that they incorporate to their lunch and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. I'm not there yet. Um, so I'm definitely not cooking for myself at that level, but one of the things that I do try and stay on top of would be, uh, my fasting. So something that I do every day is, is intermittent fasting, which is something that we're going to be going into a little bit more later on in the episode. Um, but it pretty much means that I have my first meal at, at 2 PM. Um, Aside from that, I uh, had entered into a hiatus from consuming alcohol, and um, it's actually led to a huge weight loss for myself. Mm-hmm. Um, I haven't had any alcohol uh, since my birthday, which was March 16th. Any, anybody out there? Yes, yes, yes. 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 Thank you, thank you, thank you. And I know I was the host of episode fifteen, Drinkpreneurs, um, with a purpose. But I can definitely, uh, I still appreciate that that culture and 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 all the business that that is revolved around it. Um, I still appreciate that stuff. But I haven't had a drop of alcohol in about six months, and um, it's led to tremendous health benefits. Um, and that's only uh, affecting a small part of my diet. Um, other than that, uh, I've just been trying to eat a little cleaner and, you know, sticking to the intermittent fasting. And, and it's been helping a lot.
1: Yeah, you look great. Yes, it? you do. Uh, but you look great. You
0: guys look great. <laughs> We're poor. so beautiful. So I mean, yeah. what about you guys? all the food we eat.
2: <laughs> um, so, hi, everyone. Hey. Um, I definitely have shifted in terms of my diet. I love food. I love food. I'm very grateful for food. Um, And I do enjoy cooking. I don't cook as often as I'd like to, obviously because of my schedule. Um, You all are aware, (laughs) like we all work every day and to cook every day or at least to prep meals um, at the end or beginning of your week can be time-consuming, and it's like, I'd rather be doing other things, so, (laughs) and it's just learning a balance, yeah, so, what I usually do is, um, I'll usually eat, um, buy enough food, so that I have leftovers for the next day, so, a lot of times, food that I'll bring to work is food that I already had, like, the night before, I bring the leftovers, so, I'm spreading my budget, I'm not I'm stretching my money, yes. So that's one thing, um, is just being frugal and healthy. I'm always trying to make sure I'm within a budget, I'm not spending a lot of money on food, um, but not allowing that to replace the quality of the food that I eat. And in terms of my diet, I feel like everyone is on a diet, whether they think about it that way or not, that's my way of looking at it, because um, you choose to eat a certain way, so therefore True. It's, you're on a diet, everyone's on a diet. Uh, Which I feel like in the past it's been used to mean that you're losing weight But that's just a type of diet and there's so many different ways that you can eat to lose weight Uh, so for me, I am I can definitely I Would say vegetarian and the reason why I say vegetarian because there are different types of vegetarian diets there are vegetarian diets that include um, meat uh, fish poultry um, and also include dairy and it's up to you to choose what you go by so I am big on my greens. I love my vegetables, but you guys know. And yes. <laughs> y'all know, but my <laughs> listeners don't know. But you know today. Um, love my greens. I'm usually, if I do eat any meat, it's usually lean chicken. Or um, if it's fish, it's usually shrimp or um, salmon. Uh, white fish, I don't dabble into too much. But tuna will be another alternative that I'm open to. I love eggs. So that's one thing that I have a hard time letting go of because it is technically chicken. Um, So I am keeping that in mind uh, as I transition. And what I mean by transitioning is I would love to eventually become plant-based, whole food, plant-based, vegan, which uh, I feel like when it comes to diets, it's very fluid. You don't have to stick to one thing. You can try it, evolve to it right um change it if you don't like it try it for a month try it for two months see if it works for you and then evolve from there and if not move on so that's pretty much what i eat and how
3: (laughs) thank you for for sharing sharing. yes so hello everyone this is sebastian happy to be here again sharing this topic Hey. hey So in my case, um, it's actually been a roller coaster kind of thing. Uh, Born and raised in Colombia, I feel like we have a pretty heavy diet on carbs, Mm
0: -hmm. calories,
3: Mm -hmm. meat. So definitely, I feel like everything shifted when I moved to the States. Um, When I started going to college, I remember that I watched this documentary. So actually, my background in college is hospitality, food and beverage so it is a passion of mine so cool i feel like that's a, like a great outlet for me to explore my creativity so um, always being super super interested in in food and just like everything that you can make out of i remember actually sight no when i was a little kid um i always used to be next to my mom when she was cooking so they used to call me at home the guardian of the kitchen because <laughs> i was always I, I wanted to peel the potatoes i wanted to like you know grab the knives and everything so
2: you're so precious oh my
3: Thank you. So definitely um, food, it's it's p- big part in my life. Mm-hmm. So back again, when I moved to the United States, started going to college, food and beverage, whole new perspective of everything that I used to eat. I remember watching this documentary called Food Inc.
4: Oh, wow. Ah. Uh, yeah. uh-huh. It game was changer. extremely, <laughs> yes,
3: game changer. Because mm-hmm. I feel like that's when I actually started creating more consciousness mm-hmm. in regards to what I put into my body. So with that said... Um, it's been about four years that I started to like really drastically change in the diet that I grew up with. So about four years ago, I stopped eating red meat mm-hmm. um, and pork. Also, that was like a like a you know a little bit of a process, especially because like I said, it's a huge part of a, it was a huge part of my diet. And then about I would say two years ago, I stopped eating chicken. Again, it was really 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 hard. Right
0: now um, I remember the day. You you remember uh, the day you brought in It was painful emotionally. <laughs> you brought in mm. your shirt that says be kind. Yes. Oh, the on the, uh, it has had a little chicken on it. It has been a journey. Now that Indeed. I think
1: about it, yeah, you've really have shifted your mm-hmm. diet.
0: Yeah, so mm-hmm. we used to eat so many chickens together. You know, and like and
3: burgers. But um <laughs> so I decided to change my diet mainly because of two reasons because of what it, like, what, how it affects your physical body, but how like actually our consumption of food affects our environment. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. So with that said, things started changing. As of right now, I'm a pescatarian, trying to eat mainly vegetables during the week. I love cooking at home. I love bringing the food that I cook and share it with the team. I feel like that's one of the most gratifying feelings of cooking. So um, this is where I'm at.
4: Hey. A, it's
0: a good thing that you're good at it too. Yes. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you Amazing, amazing. If That's you wanted good. to yes. share your food and if, if it wasn't it. and if it wasn't good like that. Right.
2: That <laughs> awkward moment when you're <laughs> when you
3: no, like,
2: <laughs> <laughs> just to share food how
0: and come it's you're messy. not eating my
3: food? <laughs>
2: You're uh,
1: the only person who I like actually yeah. will take up on that offer, That's to be true. quite honest. Right. Thank
3: you. Yeah, because I know you're peaky with yes. food. I, I'm oh very no. peaky.
2: Rachel's particular <laughs>
3: I can oh. tell
1: you,
0: I can like, I can tell the you the Rachel's biggest. diet. Oh right my now. god, okay. Sounds with a K.
1: Oh my god. Wow, I'm being called out <laughs> right now. Do you now. care
0: to defend your your diet?
1: I guess I can. Diet. Okay. I guess I'll have to take it back mm. to my childhood to really <laughs> this is gonna be a while. Guys. <laughs> this is just the intro, so buckle up. <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Um, but hearing Sebastian sort of talk about his background, I think that really has a lot to do with how we define our diets. Right. And um, as we get older and get more informed, and you're not just sort of, uh, you know, the only thing you have to choose is just what's right in front of you. Uh, you evolve. But I think growing up, because my mom and dad, they didn't cook. It was like the opposite of your sort of upbringing. I was sort of forced to be innovative with my food and cooking, and I would cook for myself a lot. And my mom is an extremely picky eater. So I think I kind of picked that up from her. And I've gotten a lot better, I will say that. But I could eat literally the same thing every single day, and I often do. And people make fun of me, like Brian. <laughs> 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 We've all
0: poked that. But why? I would like said? to state, uh, wh- what is it that you eat? Every okay, day? so,
1: the way I eat also, let me just say this. I mostly eat a plant-based, holistic, whole foods diet. Um, I love kale salads from Love Life there Cafe. It is. That's okay, kale salads, yes. Kale I actually had one yesterday. <laughs> Oh my. <laughs> I literally used to eat a kale salad like every every single day. Mm-hmm. And Brian got me a, a shirt that says Kale University. Kale
0: University. I can't <laughs> help but to notice the absence of this shirt as we record this episode but
1: <laughs> You know, also my staple food that I will eat every single day if I could, it's not as healthy as a kale salad. Chicken quesadillas.
3: Oh, Oh, are you kidding?
0: The contrast.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Tense.
0: What? You know what? But that's kind of important because it keeps you from like losing your mind. Um, I know (laughs) other I know other members that like losing it. I know I know other members that have like a really strict diet, Mm -hmm. and they have to eat very specific things throughout the day every day. I can't do that.
1: I just can't.
0: It's very challenging. Mm -hmm. Um, So, every now and then, you got to treat yourself. You got to. No, but like.
1: For me, a kale salad is treating myself. I love it. (laughs) It's so good.
0: You're as pure (laughs) as the driven snow, Rachel.
2: But. He's killing it with all these, like, (laughs) 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 one-liners, (laughs) right? Thank
1: you. I think that's a compliment. (laughs) Yeah. um, Totally, totally, totally. (laughs) Yeah, no, in all honesty, I really do um, try to be very mindful about what I'm eating. I try to eat mostly plant-based when it's not a chicken quesadilla. (laughs) I've never been big on meat. I've never been big on fish. Um, When I do eat meat, it's chicken, usually, nine times out of ten, or sushi, but that's very rare. I do love sushi. But wow. mostly Same. it's chicken. I do not eat... Like, I haven't had red meat, I want to say, for a very long time. I've never eaten a steak in my life. The thought of what? it... Yeah, no, seriously. Mm. The thought of it really... Um, for lack of a better word, it disgusts me. Mm.
4: Okay,
3: okay. You and think not of, like to eating be, a muscle kind of thing?
1: I just like uh. the blood and it's mm. just too much. It's graphic and yeah. gooey and... ugh. I don't know. It just that doesn't please my palate yeah I mean so. I feel like we
0: can we can definitely do an entire episode on um the suffering behind uh the animals that we consume yeah, and I know too. that that is a huge factor mm, yes and a huge um like turning point for a lot of people when they're sort of on the fence kind of like oh man this chicken this steak tastes pretty good but like kind of like realizing where it came from and how yeah. we got it kind of thing I like see. currently I'm a carnivore so I, I'm still still living that that life mm-hmm. um but I know I've, I've been surrounded by a ton of people who had that sort of like aha moment of like alright there's cruelty involved somewhere in the process and I'm putting that inside of me mm-hmm. and right. if we're really talking about like you are what you eat um, on on like a cellular level like your your frequencies your vibes like it, there's negativity in in you know dying a horrible death right and uh and you're sort of like transferring that energy inside mm. of you as well and the hormones true. and just
1: hashtag true fact <laughs> yes yes it's really intense um but yeah that's basically my diet in a nutshell. I do love restaurants and I love exploring new restaurants. Mm. So on the weekends, you'll find me at a restaurant and I will eat more than a kale salad, but I might just be having a quesadilla. <laughs> <laughs> Less is more, Rachel. Yeah. Less is more. If
0: there's anything else on the menu, <laughs> I who, <want> it. <laughs> who cares? It's
1: a trick. It's a trap.
0: Um, but okay. So, Tammy had also mentioned um, a really strong point when, when she was telling us about her diet, right? And it's the difference. Like when people think of the word diet, right? It's like you're inquiring about somebody's diet or you're telling them, oh, maybe you should go on a diet. They will take it instantly as like, oh but i'm gonna be starving or it's like you pretty much want me to eat like flavorless greens and just sort of like it's like you're asking it's like you're asking people to suffer when you say the word diet yeah but that's not really what diet means diet is just a description of everything that you consume and you put into your into your body like that like um it's the difference like you can only eat nachos but it means your diet is not remember
1: the cookie diet Do you guys remember that? I know all these diets. I feel like
0: I don't want to admit to this until... Huh? The cookie diet? Yeah, the
1: cookie diet where you just ate cookies. Okay. What? Just (laughs) basically... That That wasn't a lot of my
4: house. (laughs) (laughs) My house...
1: (laughs) Not a lot of my house. It was a thing in the 90s, I think. Look it up. Wait, you found this on the internet? <laughs> no, girl, I remember when this was happening. Was it it like was
2: trending. Oreo cookies or like chocolate chips? I think they were house? like healthy
1: cookies, but I don't know. Uh, the point was you can only eat
2: cookies. So- <laughs> <laughs>
0: Sign me up. I'm already on that diet plan.
2: My stomach would curl. I
0: hide them in my cookie pouch.
2: <laughs> <laughs> cookie monster. Hit.
0: Um so one of the things that sort of inspired, okay, why, why do we even want to talk about this topic or, or how is it relevant to us? Um, aside from the fact that we're all human beings and we all gotta eat, um, we're all also entrepreneurs. Um, we're all experiencing the startup grind. Um, and there's this, this phenomenon (laughs) that happens to all of us. Um, especially when you're on that grind as an entrepreneur, it's 24, seven, it's nonstop. Um, so every, everyone now and then they experience what I like to refer to as the flow state. Uh, a lot of developers, uh, refer to, to the flow state as, as well. Um, I do art and animation for, for video games. So I guess that's probably where I picked up the term, but the flow state is when you get so focused and so caught up in what you're working on that time will just fly by, um, without you realizing um so you start working on something and it's just like oh you know just got my little to-do list here in front a couple hours pass by and next thing you know it's nighttime you're (laughs) starving and
1: and you're in the zone you're in the
0: zone um no
1: time for food right it's real
0: so what happens when we're in that zone right when you enter into your uh flow state um easily six to eight hours will will fly by without you eating anything, right? So the problem with that is that your brain requires um, good fats, uh, proteins, water, mm-hmm. to be able to uh, continue working at max efficiency. Um, so whenever I enter into a flow state, um, I'll usually I'll hit around like six hours where it's just like, oh my God, <laughs> I haven't eaten anything. And then um, I'll need to to step away to correct that and I'll eat something and it takes much longer for me to recover and to get back into that flow state than if I would have just taken the time out to you know consume a meal every two hours or The a snack. or a snack snacking is is another thing that is is really important and it's it's almost like when you're in that state, it's almost like you gotta like force feed yourself sometimes because you'll really just not feel it until it's too late.
4: Yeah.
1: Well, and you're burning calories when you're putting in mental True. energy yes. into something. You are definitely burning calories, so you need to be mindful of that. It's like an athlete. I mean, that's mm-hmm. your exactly. sport.
0: Yeah. Yes. And as as professionals, like uh, athletes and and any other professional. Um, the keeping track of your time is is super important and sticking to to schedules. Um so scheduling in uh breaks and and snacks and stuff like that um that's really important. Um and people they'll usually do um like a split, right, where they'll say like 40 45 15, right? So you will be working for 45 minutes straight and then you take a 15 which is like you're doing anything but work, you know, even if it's just checking emails or uh, social media or whatever it might be um, to just sort of like step away from it. And then you come back fully recharged. And when you repeat this process, your overall time in the flow state getting work done and, and whooping ass is going to be much longer than if you just sort of like throw yourself at the mercy of, of the <laughs> flow state and just stay there for like four to six hours and then you're useless. Just burn yourself yeah. out. So right. scheduling is important, I guess, is is what uh I'd like to bring to the table.
3: And also appreciating that friend that's gonna tap your shoulder and be like, Hey, have oh you eaten God. something? Oh, that's so sweet. like We all <laughs> kinda of support each other in that yeah. regard. Yeah. Like yeah. Like have you had something in your belly yet? Because if not, you better get out of that float state. Right. Yeah. Exactly. exactly. Support systems.
2: Yes, yeah, super important. important. I love that you mentioned that, Seb, he knows. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
3: Tammy will be like, has everyone in, y'all? Cause
2: yes. <laughs> I, mm, I be trying to check on y'all yes. and my stomach because I'll forget myself. I think when I first started working here, Brian used to call me out all the time because that's something I was doing a lot. I would just, like, dive into my work and bury myself in my work and forget that my stomach, I needed to fuel and burn myself out. And a lot of times when you do that, you, when you finally do eat, you actually kind of go into like an itis state and you kind of crash for a moment. So then it kind of messes up that time. Like you kind of mess up your efficiency there. You just throw it off. Exactly.
0: Um, Another important thing about what you just said, that crash. Yeah. So when we're not conscious of what we're putting into our body, um, there will be a crash, especially if if we're having something that's really like carb heavy, you know, mm-hmm. like that delicious spaghetti, or if we're having like pizza or something that's like, um, you know, just heavy on carbs. And you eat that in the middle of the day, it's like oh kiss God. your productivity goodbye. Well, didn't you have right. pizza today? I did, and now we're here.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I guess portions. As soon as they't call me, out. I'm gonna call you out. As soon as. <laughs>
3: and that's
0: happening rachel's pick of the week
1: (laughs) stay tuned for that
0: (laughs) that's why as soon as i'm finished talking here right now i'm just gonna take a nap (laughs) you guys you guys can just take it from here um but you you really have to be careful with that sort of stuff because then again um going from like a carb crash to like trying to be productive oof that is difficult
1: Yeah, no. And for me, like going back to the intermittent fasting, Mm -hmm. that for me is just naturally how I diet, Mm -hmm. I guess you could say. Mm -hmm. I've always, always, always been like that since I was little. Like, I really don't eat a whole lot, to be quite honest. Mm -hmm. And I've never been a breakfast person ever, ever. And people growing up would be like, oh, my God, that's the most important meal of the day. You'll die without it. (laughs) And then now all these doctors are coming out and they're like, you shouldn't eat breakfast. You should fast. So it's like I think just listening to your body is very important because everyone's different. And if I were to force myself to eat breakfast, I wouldn't feel as energized as I do otherwise. You feel gross. Yeah, I just feel sluggish and it's not something I like and it's just a whole other situation. So listening to your own body is very important.
2: Knowing your body and being connected to your body. Yes.
1: Speaking of that, let's go into a few of the popular diets that are sort of trending right now. We have evolved from Mm. when I was growing up. It was all low fat, fake sugars. Fat was like Mm. viewed as the enemy, enemy, enemy. And now it's shifted a lot.
0: I remember back in the day, it was the the Atkins diet was like oh, yeah. really popular. That that's like an old one, but that one was pretty much like eat a ton of uh, pasta and, and it was like all carbs. You yeah. know what I mean? It was, it was um, um, super high in carbs, and then I think the guy who created it died from like a, a heart attack or a stroke.
1: Well actually the Atkins diet was the opposite of that. It was eating no carbs eating a ton of fat. Yeah. Really? Yeah, yeah. Mm. it's eating I uh, remember uh, fat. I, I,
0: I did fat. it wrong then. Uh,
1: <laughs> yeah. Here I was just eating spaghetti. <laughs> it didn't work.
0: <laughs> just ravioli for days.
1: <laughs> and that's the cookie diet. The cookie diet's the carb diet. But yeah, yeah I mean that's the one where it was like yeah. okay let's eat all fat and no carbs so that you your protein. body will go into a mode of burning its own fat yes mm. that's the point but is mm. that really healthy mm, mm. i don't know Ooh. so tammy yeah. did some research <laughs> on some of these diets and she can share yes. and if we have
2: any personal experience we can also share please well right before i go into the other diets that um are popular at the moment that you've probably heard of or you've tried yourself or are currently using I wanted to talk about diet culture and what that means, at least in the time that we live in now, because things have changed. It's like deep. you mentioned, yes, this is a little deeper than I thought when I looked it up. I was like, oh, dang, this makes a lot of sense. So, according to the beautifully broken journey blog, um, diet culture is a society that places value on being a certain size, weight, and shape over actual health. Diet culture also promotes the false notion that health equals to thinness. Um, now that I want to say that last point is definitely more directed towards women for sure, definitely more directed towards women. Um, and that that's already another problem in itself, um, because it also is broken down by gender, by ethnic background, how you're affected by the cult, by the quote unquote culture. So (laughs) (laughs) being mindful, um, of all those things and making the choices that are best for you and for your health, super important. Um, so I want you all to keep that in mind as I list these different diets and you kind of have to, you know, be mindful of that as you envision, um, your relationship with these diets. Um, one of them being paleo, paleo diet is a whole food, lean protein, veggie, fruits, nuts, and seeds are the main, um, things that you would be eating and you don't do processed foods, no sugars, dairy, or grains. Um, so that's one that a lot of people have been doing lately in order to have more of a balanced meal. Um, so then factoring everything in, but it's still um, on, more on the clean side.
0: I, I learned about yeah. that one in the in the P90X days. Oh, <laughs> oh, oh my God, God, do they still have that? P90, yeah, P90X, what and uh, What
2: was the other one? X... Uh,
3: Dude. Insanity! Insanity! Oh yeah! Come on, Shanti!
2: Dude, what? those were int- intense. I and think they-
0: around that time, a lot of like the paleo diet started becoming super popular mm-hmm. and everything. Um, paleo, like paleolithic, it's pretty much like anything that a caveman could find and eat. That's okay to eat. But was he eating lean chickens? Int- I don't know about that. Right? Yeah. <laughs>
1: You know, is some he's nuts like, and berries and like a dinosaur. Who knows?
0: Brutally murder a know, chicken and be know. like, "I'll take the breasts." <laughs> <laughs> it's the only thing is I can it eat. Ninety-nine percent
2: lean. <laughs> uh, the next one is a very popular one recently in the past, probably what, almost what, eight, five to eight years. Maybe? Which one? Vegan diets. Oh yes, mm. that one's been popping. That is the
1: new diet. It is. It's actually been called the diet of 2019.
2: Oh, wow. Mm -hmm. Which is very, I feel like it was like a couple years, but I guess it's Mm. really rained this year for sure. Um, Plant-based diet, which is something that Rachel has shared and also Sebastian, and that excludes all animal products and anything animal-derived, which would include something like honey, which are from the bees.
4: Yeah. Mm.
0: I, I had read somewhere that um like it's being regarded to as more than just a diet, but mm. it's a, a philosophy. Life. So um avoiding anything animal based, not just um, diet wise, but lifestyle wise. Mm. Um
1: leather goods. Yeah,
0: because the whole thing does mm. c- go back to um animal cruelty, cruelty yes. mm-hmm. and stuff like that. So definitely. it's it's definitely interesting. Uh, the the vegan lifestyle it's it's regarded definitely as more than just a diet right so that's that's really interesting
2: thank you so much for chiming in on <gasps> that because it's yeah. there's levels to all these diets right and all because some definitely. of them are not just about the food it, it definitely takes it past the food so thank you so much mm-hmm. for mentioning that especially when it comes to veganism because people yes people can think about it in a very radical and extreme way but it is for a cause that's actually very important so I respect people a lot when they take it to that point where they have train themselves to a point right. where they can actually like shift everything in their lifestyle, like all the way down to what they use. And um, whether it be rags instead of, you know, using, you know, towels, like they'll change everything in their house and composting everything yeah. of that sort, keeping those things in mind are, are a big deal. Uh, low carb diets, unlimited amounts of protein and fat, while limiting the carb intake and pushing your body to use fat for fuel. Um, which a lot of times people do that for weight loss reasons um, so that their their bodies is pretty much eating what's already there um, and you're not adding more fat to your diet. Uh, the Ducan diet is a high protein, low carb weight loss split into two phases of weight loss and maintenance, meaning that there are two phases of Focusing on weight loss and like how you eat for that. And then after you drop down to a weight that you feel comfortable with, then you start to eat a little differently so you can maintain the weight that you have chosen to drop to. Does that make sense? Let me
1: say this about weight loss just real quick in these diets. Mm -hmm. Just for anyone who's interested in, I guess, finding the best thing for them, just one piece of advice I would give is if your goal is to lose weight, or be healthier, or you need to lose weight, I would just recommend doing something that fits your lifestyle and something that you can do forever. Not doing a diet just momentarily to lose the weight and then trying to figure it out once you lose the weight to go back to a lifestyle. Diet. It's just not really good for your body to do that, and it's not going to make you successful long-term. Right. So that's just a piece of advice.
0: And and it affects, like, so much, <laughs> so much in, yeah. your, in your day-to-day... Um, so definitely finding something that that gels with your, with your lifestyle. That was really well said. Um, I think when when people are considering like what different kinds of diets to do, um, definitely also consider consider other options. How how is it affecting your life in other different ways? You know how is it affecting your finances? Um, whenever you're whenever you're um, choosing a diet, that means shopping. Like mm-hmm. you're, you're going to go um, to your Whole Foods or to your Publix or, or to wherever it is that, that you'd like to go. And, um, you know, it, there's going to be a, a dollar sign attached to, to, to this new lifestyle. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think we can explore a, a couple different ways um, that entrepreneurs are sort of handling uh, that aspect. Uh, in terms of like personal finances and and being a mindful eater
1: and also another thing when you plan and you prep ahead of time it just takes all the guesswork out for you Mm -hmm. and as long as you're organized and you know exactly what you have to do it just will make it so much easier just to grab that pre-prepared meal or if your fridge is stocked with the foods that are along your diet you're going to make that choice so much easier other than having to make it hard on yourself and you don't have the prepared food you're gonna make a wrong decision down the line so being just prepared will save you time um and if you do it the right way it should save you money as Um, well
0: yeah meal prep meal prep is huge um not only for for your health but for your wallet um so when i entered this hiatus of not consuming alcohol and started to combine that um with intermittent fasting and I also toy- toyed around with some, some meal prep stuff. My goodness, mm. the money I've saved, like it's
2: crazy. Yeah, you save a lot of money it's doing crazy. it on the budget. It's crazy,
0: meal prep is is huge uh, for for saving lots of money.
3: And um, to in a little bit, I feel like it doesn't only help you save money, but I feel like when you're actually organized, like Rachel said, you're gonna have everything like they're in control per se. And I feel like also the waste aspect of it. When yes. you know what you're doing, when you know where you're eating, I feel like the the like like the you know, like the likelihood of really wasting food, it's not as much like, oh I'm just gonna like go to the supermarket and like do my regular, you know, weekly, bi weekly run, and then you realize that you're all of a sudden wasting so much food. So I feel like that also goes hand in hand. Your wallet is taken care of, and also the waste aspect of it is taken care of. Right.
2: Yeah, because what you're doing is you're pretty much you're portioning. So you're only buying as much as you're going to eat. Correct. That's it. That's the whole point. So not only are you able to um, achieve your goals, but you're also like being mindful of your portions, and you're not like overbuying, overconsuming, which is something that Mm -hmm. us as Americans definitely suffer from is overconsumption when it be food or clothes or whatever, gotta have it and gotta have lots of it. And that's, that mentality is very destructive.
0: Absolutely, so. yes. we can also look at like, um, the opposite of extreme of, uh, of meal prep, uh, which in my opinion would be, uh, using delivery apps for your food and what that means financially. Um, so as an entrepreneur, Sometimes it's hard to get away from your desk. Like you're you're there and you, you have to be working with a team. Sometimes um, sometimes live, and you just can't step away. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> that's why we have those delivery apps for for the convenience and to be able to you know get whatever we want. Um, however, a lot of these apps have really crazy delivery fees. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's sort of like you're looking at the subtotal for whatever you want. And then they throw on top of that delivery fees, tax, service fees, which can range around 15% of your orders subtotal. And that actually depends on the restaurant where they have other metrics that they can use um, to pretty much say like, yeah, we want a a bigger uh, delivery fee uh, depending on like, are are there even drivers in the area? How far are we? from the client um and then there's the brand new small order fee uh this this one's new this one uh kicked in i think earlier on this year and um it's literally like them saying hey you spent very it's like you spent very little you spent under ten dollars we can't have that and um here and then they they tack on a small order fee onto onto your (laughs) onto your delivery so you know at the end it's like okay i just wanted like some like a seven dollar something you know and then by the time that it gets to you it's like oh it's 17 dollars now um which you know not not to throw too much shade at, at those kind of apps um sometimes this is the right move if let's say for example um you're here in our conference room and you're there with, uh, with a big with your team or clientele or something like that. Sometimes the right move, the easiest thing is just you can place in an, an order, uh, for everyone handle it real easy, um, and that's definitely the move. But it's not a solution for your day to day. And this is something that I was using every single day uh, for a while before I got into into meal prep. And let me tell you, when I switched over to only using. Uh, the the delivery services for an emergency or for a special occasion now um i'm dripping mm-hmm. <laughs> i'm rich now i'm pretty much rich everybody you're rich and skinny but, yeah, rich and skinny <laughs> <laughs> and i'm on this podcast
2: i would definitely um oh
0: here it goes yeah yeah yeah, yeah. So, yeah, l- looking, for, looking for options uh, from that sort of thing, right? Um, uh, we have in our space one of the amenities that, that we provide for members is um, it's called B-Meals, right? B-E-M-E-A-L-S, all together like that. No space in between. Otherwise, you wouldn't find it. Um, but what it is is it's a service that we've uh, set up at the lab to, for the convenience of our members and it's a fridge that comes with pre-made, gourmet, healthy meals, um, and the app is pretty much to unlock the fridge. You can grab as many meals as, as you want at any point in time. The Lab Miami is a 24-hour facility. You know, so if you're an entrepreneur, if you're a startup, we all know that we got to work those weird hours. I've been here at two in the morning. You know, coming out of a flow state and. If it weren't for B meals, honestly, I would I would just <laughs> be starving. the The alternative is literally okay. The vending machine, you know, water and
3: coffee, right. and Water and coffee,
2: mm-hmm. right. No bueno, super Mm-mm. bad.
0: Um, so that's definitely that's great in terms of convenience. Um, it's a little challenging in terms of variety. There we have like seven different, eight gourmet meals in there so you can definitely switch it up and there's good variety and stuff but if you're feeling something real particular that's kind of like where the challenge comes in but other than that the convenience is 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 incredible for for our members mm-hmm. um one thing I know I feel like I've been talking a lot about food this episode um uh, <laughs> but I mean another quick uh solution right so we're talking about like delivery apps we're talking about pre-made meals and all this sort of stuff there's also the world of meal replacements Mm -hmm. um and again if you're an entrepreneur and you're constantly on the grind sometimes you don't have the time to go and heat up your food and to cook this beautiful experience and have this culinary just sort of like moment to yourself um Sometimes you got to go with a, a meal replacement. You just have a really huge to-do list, something that you can just throw in, and it'll have nutrients there for you that'll just keep you going. Um, Soylent is one that I was put on onto um, by Matt Campbell. He uh, formerly he worked with Wing Code at, at one point. Super awesome guy. Matt, shout out. Hello. We miss you.
1: Hi, Matt. <laughs> hey, Matt. He
0: put me onto Soylent a long time ago, as well as every WinCode cohort that that came through the space.
1: Which WinCode's a coding academy? Did you say that part?
0: Oh, I didn't say that part. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: They are a coding academy, so they're going through a 10-week boot camp learning how to code from the ground up, so yeah. they are on it. Yep.
0: These guys don't Catch have... Cashback, like f- <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> um, These guys, they definitely don't have time to be stepping away um, from their computers for too long because um, it's a boot camp, you know, and you have 10 weeks... Where you're grinding it's to intense. to like change your career, you yeah. know? Um, So he put everybody onto soylent there, and soylent is a meal replacement. It comes with uh, a lot of nutrients that are that are good for your body. Um, again, I wouldn't recommend this to replace every meal. I'm definitely not suggesting to anybody that like, hey, just switch over to soylent and you're good. Um, this is definitely just another tool to add to your to your arsenal. Um, in terms of like being on the grind and like having nutrition of some level.
2: If you don't want to do those alternatives and you really do want to save your money, um, meal prepping, like we were mentioning, is a huge, huge um, affordable way to go about it. And it can be very like, it can cut down a lot on your time. So I kind of want to go over different ways that you can do that and give you some examples of different like quick recipes that are at cost really cheap in order for you to efficiently, um, and healthily, uh, prep yourself for the week. So there are obviously so many different ways to save your money. And one way Pinterest is your best friend. Google.com is your best friend. Slow cookers are another way to save a lot of time and you can put, use, um, slow cookers overnight the morning. You already have your meal ready to go, put it in your container and you're out. Um, so I actually looked up a few, like, for example, five ingredient dinners for less than 50 bucks a week. Um, believe it or not, let me tell you guys what's on the menu. <laughs> just wait for it. Bring it on. Uh so for example, you can do a chicken enchilada stuffed spaghetti squash. Oh, I love mm-hmm. spaghetti squash. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. That's Monday's dinner. That's just How Monday.
3: Getting hungry, mm-hmm. hungry. Okay. Mm-hmm. Just
2: saying now that's obviously for someone who's a meat eater who's open to a lean, you know, lean protein and wants uh carbs. That's eleven dollars and forty four cents just for that. Okay, so that's yeah, that's like that's your dinner. And you can based off how much you make, you can spread that over a few nights, bring that leftover over to work and you're good. So you can always think about it that way. Um, Another, for example, Tuesday's dinner is almost is less than eight dollars. It's Italian zucchini topped baked potato. Now, obviously, you can add Mm. other things with that, whether it be a salad on the side, Um, you can add whatever you want. But just that baked potato and what you stuff it with alone, eight bucks. So imagine how much you're cutting out in terms of meal um, and how much you're usually spending for dinner if you were to go out or do takeout. Just saying, mm-hmm. bring whatever left over to work, okay? Mm-hmm. I'm the queen of doing that, just saying. <laughs> so take that it from me. That is such
1: a good idea, like make enough for dinner so you can take it the next day for lunch literally smart.
0: you know what's yes. funny about you saying that like you are so frequently eating leftovers that i don't ever really see the first meal you know what i mean like, <laughs> you don't see it because i eat it at home <laughs> that's okay, so okay, smart okay. that's
2: how you know that you know that I'm you like, know. whose leftovers are these
0: why do i never see you starting a meal it's always just finishing
2: I'll give you guys a couple of examples in terms of either a healthier option that doesn't include um meat um or if it does it's like either seafood like alternatives to the meat uh so vegetarian breakfasts that are super easy baked oatmeal cups or a slow cooker peanut butter oatmeal literally you'll cook that overnight i know have I you ha- had that that sounds the so nice Wait, but you, it? you, you love your nice oatmeal. Face? Yes, every morning they know I have my bowl of oatmeal. Every morning. it's never <laughs> failed.
1: Except one time our microwave broke and then she had to go next door to get a oh microwave. Oh my God,
2: that man tried me. But it's all good. <laughs> he really tried me. I was like, sir, I'm your neighbor. Okay, I need a microwave desperately. Give me a microwave to use for what? less than two minutes a minute 30 <laughs> that's all i need of your time sir legit but i have my oatmeal every morning <laughs> my quick oats and i have my berries i have my peanut butter love my peanut butter i'm haitian by the way you guys so culturally like we grow up on peanut butter we don't oh, need really? jelly. we just need bread pan and then peanut butter that's, mm. it. that's it that's it that's it so i'm used to my peanut butter that's why i was looking at that slow cooker like we can do that we can do that <laughs> oatmeal, peanut butter, best world. Sweet potato and black beans um, breakfast burrito. And as alternative to, like, for great for vegan um, or even vegetarian mm. folks that don't do animal protein uh, or animal products in general. Or, like, a Thai quinoa salad with peanut dressing. Like, um, today, Sebastian brought in a bean sprout salad. So mm. good. So delicious. With peanuts. But wait. But wait. But wait. Can we talk about what you... Got in because yes. that was like a whole other situation. What was the name of it? So um, the Haitians will know this, but sauce poe. Sauce Sauce It's pretty much bean soup Delice. or bean sauce. Um, you can use that word interchangeably, but um, you lay that over rice or cornmeal. Um, that's traditionally how you have it, or you'll have it with legumes. Legumes is mixed vegetables. Ugh, you guys are got me. It's just mm-hmm. in the feels talking about my culture. But yes, yeah, <laughs> so spot. I am. Um, that's one way for me to get the black beans in and get my um, healthy protein in uh, as an alternative. If I don't want to do any meat or and if I do like great, that's just extra protein for me. But that's a great way. And it lasts for a while. Like I make enough where I can put some in the freezer. I have some in the fridge and I just like eat that Thaw out the rest. And I have one. I literally have soft spot for two weeks. And I'll do like two cups of beans, of black beans. Mm-hmm. So that's always, there's different ways. You can bring your culture into the mix, which we're going to talk about a little later. But For sure, there are ways to detach from your culture and still bring it. I also want to mention, while we're talking about money and budgeting and um, different ways to just be frugal with your money on in all aspects, we we'll love you guys. If you have not listened to episode 13, uh, millennial financial responsibility, where we talk about finances in general, especially as millennials now. Money looks different for us now. Our options are super different now. Um, different apps that you can use, different ways to budget, um, different ways to save, different ways to invest. To
3: track. To track. What you're spending on, what legit, you're eating.
2: Legit credit, and all that stuff. Um, this falls into that too. At the end of the day, like what you spend um, is definitely a reflection of like what you're doing with that money, you wanna be mindful of it, so. Very important. Reference
0: point. Thank you.
1: Thank you for that, my love. So, taking it back, a little step back from everything we've been talking about, we've been talking very granular right now about (laughs) the nitty gritty details and the day to day, and I just want to take it back to just the food industry as a whole. Mm. And Sebastian and I and the whole Fab Four are going to talk more (laughs) (laughs) about food from an emotional standpoint and also as an industry Mm. and what's really going on right now Mm. with the culture of food. Um,
3: And technology. How technology is totally impacting. Yeah, now more than ever. yes.
1: And specifically speaking about the U.S., um, the U.S. has always been under scrutiny for our food, for being super processed, super unhealthy, full of hormones, pesticides, whatever bad thing you can say, we have it. So I think now consumers are much more educated and our whole food industry is being scrutinized and taken a deep look into exactly what is our food, where is it coming from, and consumers are caring more, a lot more about that because we're being informed about it. Um, so I think there's been sort of a mindfulness shift in our society and it's not just about okay is this food going to make me look good it's about who it's affecting not just yourself correct and the greater good i would say Mm -hmm. yes
3: yeah i feel like definitely uh right now the mentality that's shifting is like you said just seeing things as a whole right not like that egotistical perspective it's like it was kind of selfish like oh i'm just gonna eat this because i like it i love it it tastes good Feel like right now the mentality is changing big time in terms of, you know, the options that are being offered and how we can actually be more conscious of not only our body and like how we look and like how we feel, but just like the entire planet itself. We're starting here in the U.S., we're here in Miami, and that diets and everything is changing on a day-to-day basis, but I feel like right now technology is really giving an option for all of us to just like try it out. You know, just like try different things, create a different impact on our society. So, definitely, definitely a whole new age yeah. in terms of well, how food is being made.
0: How do you guys feel about um, like the impossible burger and like Beyond mm-hmm. Meat and that kind of stuff? Because if we're going to be talking about technology, um, I think there is a ton of money um, going in that direction. You know, yeah. there are people out there that do like to eat meat but at the same time have this sort of like moral dilemma that they're not out here trying to you know murder chickens and cows and pigs brutally either you know um so i i I, there's there's definitely a a trend going towards like tech specifically for making these plant-based burgers how do you guys feel about that Mm.
1: So I mentioned earlier uh, that 2019 was being coined uh, the year of the vegan and that actually came from The Economist. Um, There's been estimated 600% increase in vegan consumers in the past three years, which is crazy. And I think a lot of what's driving that is climate change, environmentalism, animal welfare and our overall health. So there's sort of two parts of veganism. It's Mm -hmm. the caring for the planet and the animals and caring for your health. Um, and what you're consuming. And there's been a whole bunch of documentaries. You mentioned Food Inc Mm -hmm. as one of them. Yes. Um, Some other ones that are on Netflix have had a huge impact are What the Health, uh, Cowspiracy, (laughs) Forks Over Knives, Fat Sick and Nearly Dead. There's literally a million of them and they're all sort of touching on the same things. So this whole shift in how we look at what we're consuming has changed um, consumerism, consumer behavior, and in doing that, the food industry has jumped on that bandwagon really quick. Mm -hmm. So Beyond Meat, Bryant mentioned, uh, they're one of the first alternative meat companies, and what they do is they actually mimic the molecular process by which animal meat is naturally occurring without needing any livestock to do so. So which is insane. That's weird. So Innovative. that means that our
3: meat grows in a lab. The future of meat is going to be coming from a lab, not from a field. Just mm-hmm. kind of like kind of good and healthy for the planet.
1: But right. But
0: exactly. It's interesting option. It's definitely interesting. a give and take to everything.
2: Yeah.
1: So there's Beyond Meat. There's the Impossible Burger, which is kind of the same thing, and McDonald's, Burger King. Are all offering this now on their menus? They offer vegan options. There's the Impossible Whopper. You guys have probably heard about it.
0: I actually I had one of those. Oh. Um, thanks to Sebas. Uh, you had one, Sebas? Yes. Yes. Sir. How was it? Every, everyone always says the same thing when they have it. They're like, I think they just gave me a regular Whopper. Right. It's <laughs> like well, because
1: it has all that sauce on it. They're cooking it the same way. Yeah. is in yeah, that actually fatty has grease? That, like, whatever. That
3: barbecue, smoky flavor. So. If you ask me how was it, I feel like <laughs> if we're going to use this mindfully and be like, okay, if we're just craving it and we want to test it out to see how it is, I feel like it is a good option for that. Um, I liked it. I feel like it's a good, you know, treat if you want to go for the for the fast meals kind of thing. Um, and I also want to touch base on the fact that I feel like us humans, we've been really used to all the meals are served in a golden plate, right? Mm -hmm. And so therefore we really don't put too much effort into like, oh, where is it coming from? Um, How was it processed? We just like, it's there and we eat it. And with that said, I feel like this option, you know, there are plenty, plenty, plenty of articles that are talking about, oh yeah, this is gonna save the planet, but it's not healthy. You should not eat it. And I agree, I feel like if you're going to use this as your regular diet, it's probably not gonna be as healthy but i feel mm-hmm. like it is time for us humans to put a little bit on our side to be like okay you know maybe this is an option but it's also up to us at the end if we're gonna make it part of you know my everyday lunch m- you know breakfast whatever so i feel like it's important to not always be like expecting you know people to just like do things yeah. I feel no like for sure it's, for sure. it's make our responsibility decision. to like really be mindful Mm. if we're really going to be consuming these options because it is real you know yeah. this food is really growing in a lab
0: uh, from Silicon right. Valley
3: so <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's real but totally. like, you know.
0: uh, actually I have a, a a real question for you that I'm not really sure Um because you have so much experience doing so many different things Um is farming one of those things like did, had, did you ever have any experience farming like in terms of dealing with animals and stuff because I know that you've dealt with a lot of greens um in your farming yes
3: experience. so actually part of the experience that i had when i graduated from college was to um, volunteer my summer time at a farm in vermont nice. but uh, um, that was mainly like a vegetables farm to table kind of thing there were some livestock there were pigs and it was different i didn't eat them but it was differently how they grow i feel like for all the carnivores and people that are eating meat still it is totally okay as long as you are aware of the life that that animal had Mm -hmm. it's almost like if they're gonna die in dignity because they had a good life then okay maybe it's not as 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 impactful right Mm -hmm. so going back to the farm yes it was part of my experience and i feel like that's when i actually got to connect even more with What we consume as humans Mm -hmm. totally shifted my perspective to a whole new level i feel like connecting with earth at that degree definitely did something to my soul to my spirit to like just me as a whole being so thank you for asking yes Mm -hmm. it's part of the experience Mm -hmm. um and i not saying i'm not saying oh do not eat meat but i feel like if you are going to do so at least be mindful of your
0: sources Mm -hmm. very important that's
1: very very important
0: that's really cool. Especially if we consider about, like these younger generations, Um, we're only providing more and more resources for them to be able to have uh quick and cheap uh, meal options, you know, between all the different apps, either for delivery or like different food services where you'll get your pre-made gourmet meals like Um, weekly or or whatever like there's just more and more services popping up making it easier uh, for this younger generation that it's a total possibility that they'll never see the back end you know what i mean Mm. that more and more people are yeah they're they're really not going to be exposed to that sort of thing Mm -hmm. um so it's important that we keep that that mindfulness Absolutely. and the awareness going.
3: And something that you actually mentioned, um, you know, one of the things that I've done was also this mindfulness training uh, program, the MBSR. And one of the things that we touched based on was the mindful eating. And what that was pretty much the exercise was taking a little um, coffee, how do you call it? Coffee seed.
2: Oh, like a bean. Like a
3: bean, the coffee bean. Thank you. And um, the exercise was about smelling it touching it looking at it and using our imagination to sort of look at the process of that being of the the process that it took for that being to be in your hands Mm. Mm -hmm. right it was planted somebody had to like you know wait for it to grow somebody came there's a whole process that we are totally missing and Mm -hmm. aren't really like caring about Mm -hmm. because it goes straight to our mouth yep so i feel like just taking a little time to be like oh what was the, the process of this and how it made it here? I feel like it's going to help us to create a little bit more of awareness into what we put in our body, yes.
2: Definitely.
3: Importante. thing.
2: super interesting Here, you guys talk about um, just where food has gone, um, especially in this country. I can mention from my personal experience growing up uh, in a Haitian home where my mom, as an immigrant, she used to cook very traditional Haitian food. And um, it's high, high protein, um, high in carbs. Um, they're not very heavy on, um, what's it called, it's on veggies. Uh, and if it was veggies, it was like legumes, which was like one of the main dishes with uh, vegetables. Mind you, they still would put meat in it traditionally. Or seafood, mm. it would either be beef in it with the mixed greens or it would be um, crab so which is very island Mm -hmm. so i sounds amazing little (laughs) do you know don't you do this to me mom you're coming through but no i i really had to i kind of watch my mom's journey evolve as a parent um in this country and she she did the best that she could to like help us eat clean and more lean like she realized that the diet that she grew up and how she ate was not the healthiest. So she started shifting how she ate, but she also incorporated like American um, things like eating lunch meat and um, having cereal. Like me and my brother used to eat cereal so every American. night. Yeah, like every night, high school, I was like, I had, that was my supper was cereal. cinnamon toast crunch. Oof. <laughs> I was an old lady. I had honey bunches of oats. <laughs> oh, I love honey bunches. <laughs> I love it. But I like those are different things. Like, she would like do the lean meat, like, would be like lean uh, chicken um, and seafood. And we wouldn't eat red meat. Like, I didn't grow up eating red meat. That wasn't really a thing, even though that's very much a part of my culture. Griot, which is a very traditional um, fried pork, uh, very traditional dish that my mom never touched. She didn't care for it because she knew that it wasn't good for us. So it was interesting seeing her like, grew up in like being in the late 80s and 90s and how she was still trying to transition and alter and then how I took that on. Cause I still, like now I'm trying to learn how to cook traditionally. Mind you, before I was like, oh no, I'm good. Like I'm gonna just eat clean and healthy. But I'm like, but there are healthy things in my culture that I can incorporate still. So learning that balance, too, because a lot of people have that challenge is like, oh, I don't Mm want to let go of, you know, my traditional, you know, my doodles and whatever they eat. And they're like, I don't want to let that go. But it's just different ways to remix it and make it work for you. It's
1: all a balance. There's no I think Mm -hmm. being extreme in anything is not the best thing. Mm -hmm. So it's all about having a balance. Yes. At the end of the day.
3: And also something that um, Tammy mentioned, I'm not sure if it was earlier, but like today. Um, you were talking about how you actually sort of helped your mom Mm -hmm. and the family to have like new ideas of what we eat. Mm -hmm. And I feel like um, that is actually a great point because I feel like right now, this new generation, we're sort of like the culture shifters. Yeah. And um, it is totally okay, let's say, if you come from certain background, right, certain cultures to to be that shifter and be like, I want to try something different. I'm not going to go for it because, you know, it's like it's, pretty much how you feeling about it Mm -hmm. so don't be afraid to create that shift that change
2: yep that's very much true that's so true
1: yeah our parents i mean when i started really being on top of um having like a vegan diet
0: on top of not eating cookies (laughs)
1: The cookie diet. When my
3: mom took my cookie jar away.
0: (laughs) Oh my God, I did not
1: do the cookie diet. I just said it was a diet. We kind
3: of assumed it, Rachel, you know. Okay, I didn't do it.
1: (laughs) Well, now I lost my train of thought. (laughs) No, the
3: cookies and the mom. Ryan,
2: you ate pizza today, so don't even come at me. (laughs) You're seeing how this is in real time, you guys.
3: You know, you were talking about your okay, mom vegan, yeah. Parent,
1: so I, um, I was sort of shifted my diet more towards plant-based vegan. I will occasionally eat chicken, like I said. But my mom, when I first mentioned that to her, thought that that was just ludicrous, and you need protein. And people are very misinformed because we're only able to do so much with what we're given Mm
4: -hmm. and you really
1: have to go beyond just the hype of the fad diets and try and see where is this information coming from and what's their motive and intention in giving you this information because you will get mixed messages left and right everyone telling you something different and none of it makes sense at the end of the day if you believe everything you hear so it's really about deciphering the messages because um, everyone's just trying to sell you things so there's plenty of protein if not just as much if not more in plant that you can find in plants Mm -hmm. as animals so it's not necessary to eat animal meat for protein it's just not
3: true many options out there
1: so i just want to touch on one other thing real quick going back to what we were talking about um sebastian mentioned the sourcing of our food And he was very connected to that, having the amazing opportunity to work on a farm.
3: Yes, very blessed. Mm -hmm. Thank you.
1: Very. Um, uh, So a little statistic. Mm -hmm. In about 30 years, the world population is projected to increase by 35%, which means in 2050, we'll need to feed 2 billion more people. So we're already stretching our resources on planet Earth, as everyone is very aware. This has to be something that we take very seriously and um, ways we can sort of approach it is from a very personal way. Because when I hear things like that and I hear the news and I hear, you know, climate change and all these crazy things that are out of my control, Mm -hmm. it sort of makes me feel defeated and it makes me feel like, well, I just don't want to hear it because I can't do anything about it. Mm. But that's the wrong mentality to have. Um, And agriculture is among the greatest contributors to global warming, which emits more greenhouse gases than all of our cars, trucks, trains, airplanes combined. So that's largely from the methane released from cattle. Um, basically like cows farting. <laughs> if you can- Yes. <laughs> what? right? it's true.
0: Making moves. Just yeah. cows making moves. Can you
1: imagine that cow farts are contributing to our planet dying? That's a huge
0: I don't deal. want. I don't want a cow fart contributing to anything. <laughs> uh,
1: then you better not eat
2: that steak.
3: Because they're probably farting all the chemicals I in the food that they're eating so they can grow fast. It's
2: definitely a reflection of what they're eating because that totally. was never the yes. case before. Ashe.
3: Thank you. Yes.
2: So farming uh,
1: is the thirstiest user of our precious water supplies, and it's a major polluter. So all the runoff fertilizers and manure... Uh, from the from the cows disrupts the lakes and rivers and the ecosystems across the globe Mm -mm. these global conglomerate commercial farmers are the problem and it's all driven by industry it's all driven by money Mm -hmm. animals are seen just as you know dollar signs it's all you know they're a unit it's not it is it's so 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 sad and it's really hard to sort of absorb And actually make yourself aware to the cruelty that's happening in the world. But it's very important to educate yourself at the same time.
3: It is very important. And now that you mentioned that um, education topic, Rachel, something that first parentheses, I want to do a shout out of the farm in Vermont. The name is um, Little Flower Farm in Middletown Springs, Vermont. It's actually a super small, you know, mom and pops farm kind of thing. Everything's organic delivering to the local restaurants in the country. So that's a little bit of the image. And going back to the education topic, something that I feel that um, I took as really, really valuable piece of information when I was gathering that experience was a skill of the future is gonna be growing your own food and yep. knowing how to grow your own food, whether it is Ooh. in your backyard, whether it is in your kitchen, there are too many options out there. It takes a click in YouTube. How do I grow my food at home, right? Because I feel like circling back to what's happening in 30 years was going to happen. That looks pretty scary. Mm-hmm. So, therefore, that skill, mm-hmm. it's going to be so important for us, for our future generations. The kids, if you have babies, please teach them or somehow get them close to this kind of information because it's almost like a survival skill. It is You know, that we skill. got so comfortable, like we got into this converse zone where, you know, everything is served in the golden plate that we forgot how to actually make things happen. Definitely. So educate yourself. And just in case, how do you grow your own food? Um, Muy importante.
2: Thank you so much for mentioning that. I would love to chime in real quick and mention how um that topic is very important right now based off different communities that you're in there are food deserts meaning that there isn't yes. any oh my god healthy yes the options within miles um a lot of neighborhoods where it's either a liquor store on the corner a check-in cash on the other corner a food mart and a quick stop over town all they have right that's and that's just Overtown. one example Alapada's right there like highly is another one like th- we're all surrounded by that it doesn't matter where you are these food deserts exist. And so that's why community gardens are a big deal. If you have the resources, if you have the knowledge and you want to give back to your community, get a few people together and figure out a way to create a community garden um, where those food deserts um, exist so that people can either come and get their fruits and vegetables for free um, or at a very low cost and accepting you know, um, other forms of payment to be mindful of other communities of people who need, are in need just like you. So I thank you for mentioning that because that's really My where the pleasure. shift is right now is See. learning how to grow your own food. Key, and it's serious, key. It's very serious. serious.
3: You're not going to learn this in the news. No, we and people wanna also
2: want to make excuses. Sometimes they're like, oh, I live in an apartment. Because another thing as development happens. Everyone usually is moving and living upwards. Right. So. I know a lot of people who live in high rise and that have uh, a balcony and they grow some sort of plant, something right in their balcony. Yeah. Mint, cilantro. More than possible. So we're growing basil here at the lab. Yes. Yes.
3: Thank you, Danilo, Miami Dev Shop. Yes. Lots of shout outs. Yes. Yes. (laughs) Community. For real.
2: All very communal.
1: So, also, just if you are thinking to yourself that, oh my God. I can't grow anything. I don't have a green thumb. It's not for me. There are other sort of smaller steps you can take that do have a huge, huge impact uh, on our planet and just in general. And one thing we touched on already is reducing your waste. Mm -hmm. So eating your leftovers, what Tammy does in proportioning her food out, it not only is less waste financially, it's Mm -hmm. less waste on the planet. Mm -hmm. We waste so much food, so much food especially in restaurants and in supermarkets. We're throwing away tons of food. It's sad. So just being mindful just of what you can control, eat leftovers and serve smaller portions. Try not to waste food. Um, Reducing waste is very important. Cook at home.
0: Mm -hmm. Actually, if I can jump on that real quick um (laughs) we got a lot of real quick we got a lot of real quick real quick quick. i was just (laughs) Just like two seconds (laughs) we all said it um and i didn't want to be left out so real quick um something that i was realizing yesterday actually um because we do we do events at the lab miami as well we do all sorts of events here um So our members always know when whenever there's an event happening here, there's a very good chance that there's going to be leftovers. And they're always, (laughs) you know, very excited, uh, especially with their budgets and all that sort of stuff. Um, But even after feeding the people from the event and then that second wave where it's our own members going to help clean up even more leftovers, more often than not, we're still left with even way more food um, than anyone here can handle, right? Now, I've had a lot of people come up to me and be like, so what are you going to do with that food? You know, don't I hate to see food get thrown away and stuff like that. This is not a solution, but I'm, we're asking for help. If anybody out there has any ideas, please engage with us um, either through Instagram or face-to-face, emails. However, just get into contact with us. Um, definitely open to hearing about solutions where we can sort of take large amounts of food and sort of give back um, to to the community, um, whether it's like the homeless community or, or whoever is accepting this sort of food. Um, we haven't done any research on the subject because I feel like this just sort of came up naturally in conversation just now. Mm-hmm. Um, but I am, you know, I would... I know the whole team would be really, really grateful if there are any solutions out there for what can we do with our leftovers because we want to be mindful of that. We don't want to just be throwing away a whole bunch of food because we know that there are people in need.
2: One thing is when it goes bad, composting.
4: Mm. Yes, you're right.
0: You're right. Full, you're right. Sci- full cycle, full yep. cycle. Yes. Um,
2: Daniel actually, he would like I think we had like a whole bag of bread left over from something, and he was like, "Don't throw do it away," and he had the housekeeping like. leave the bags for him so he can use it for compost at his Mm. house so he can fertilize and grow his plants just like
1: he grew some
0: delicious tomatoes with that bread i will tell you Mm -hmm. they were so good
1: very very good skill and very important so going back just a little bit i think the whole purpose and intention of this episode is not only to get you to think about your own personal diet, what you're eating, how you're eating it, what you're consuming, how you can be the best version of yourself Mm -hmm. by what you're consuming. It's just thinking also about others, about the planet, about how we need to sort of shift things in our own mentality and as a whole to really be sustainable long-term. And we're seeing this in the numbers, um, just with the way things are shifting. We mentioned Beyond Meat, their stock, when they launched their IPO, their stock skyrocketed 163%, making it the best performing US IPO in almost two decades. So people are paying attention. So hey, if you're an entrepreneur and you have a great idea and you're about the sustainability, you're about this.
3: This is the time.
1: Do it, yeah. Yeah. I mean, people are definitely paying attention. It's a new wave and it's a new way of being.
3: So tying it back together, team, today we've been actually discussing very, very deep topics in terms of what we eat, starting with our diets, our culture, our background, how we handle our you know, our own specific ways of eating, and something that we wanted to touch based on is the emotional aspect of eating, right? Um, one thing that we realized was that when we are babies that we're not able to articulate, oh, I am hungry. How is it that we actually ask for food? We cry for it, probably because we feel this pain in our stomach and we just do not know how to express it. So the stress that we feel, we just cry for it. So that emotional feeling is totally attached to it since we are born into this existence. So having said that, I feel like with all of the information that we've been talking about today, I feel like there is so much more that we need to unlearn, right? Right because of our backgrounds, our culture, our history, everything. And I feel like this is an invitation from us to every single listener to don't be afraid and dare to unlearn your old patterns so we can build you know, new patterns that are not going to be only healthy for us but for the entire planet as a whole. So I feel like that's something really important to leave people with. Um, there is an emotional aspect of eating and... This is when the mindfulness come into play. I feel like it's really important to eat mindfully instead of mindlessly Mm. because I feel like we all fall into that trap. So it's really important to just like deconstruct our old programming so we can learn new ways and save us and save the planet.
2: You are what you eat. So take care of yourself mindfully. <laughs>
3: yum 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 yum.
2: Thank you everyone for listening and stay tuned for our next episode, episode 18. We are on a roll. So stay tuned. Bad
0: <laughs> da, da, da. Bye.
2: If you haven't yet, go to Apple Podcasts and subscribe rate, and review the Big Idea Box podcast. And remember, always share with a friend.
3: Stay connected and follow us on our Instagram and Twitter, at the Big Idea Box.